one, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. We have been waiting for this moment, for this opportunity, for some time. So excited to do an instant reaction for the first time this season. It's all going to be over before we know it. That's what I keep telling myself. But, Wyatt, this is quite the night. For the second straight year, we have Friday night semis. Somehow it wasn't a Wednesday. But that was fun, wasn't it? We're going to get into all of it here in a moment. But how are you doing, sir, on this Friday evening? Yeah, I'm doing good. It was a lot of fun to get an opportunity to sit down and take these games in. I didn't have to work tonight, so it was fun to watch all the action. And to be exact, Ryan, less than 48 hours from now, it's all going to be over. So it's it's coming Don't down to the Don't remind me, end. man. So, I'm going to get emotional. Hey, We're just I mean, getting started. We'll, we'll save the emotions for when it officially is over. We can't get there quite yet. But, yeah, lots of fun Discussion topics, I think, for this, doing an instant reaction is always fun. A lot of raw stuff, I'm sure, will be said from both of us. Just instant thoughts on how all these matchups went, for the most part. Not really a ton of surprises, per se. And uh, I'm really curious, you know, to see your thoughts on a couple specific games that maybe you were watching closer than I was. So that's that's more than anything what I'm excited about from your perspective. Yeah, and this, this all worked out pretty good. I mean, as far as being able to keep tabs on it, we talked earlier this week where I was on site for a game here at Northwestern between them and Morris. And we're going to get to every game, folks. So uh, before we jump into it, as always, if you'd like to reach out to us, get in touch with us. We're headed down the stretch, but would still love to hear from you and continue to try to close this thing out strong. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Just search, unlike any other, the UMAC or at UAO, the UMAC. But why did I say this worked out really well? Because the games are staggered a bit. I didn't see as much as the men's games as I would have liked to. But right now, I'm sitting in a studio on the Northwestern St. Paul campus. Very, very blessed to be able to just walk in here and do this with some other connections I have with other work. And then I'm not in here alone, Wyatt. So this is a surprise to the listeners, but this is someone who listens all the time, is heavily involved with the work of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC, and we probably don't say thank you enough, but we do it every now and again, Wyatt. We're trying to do better at it. But Mr. Bauman, the guy you hear about, so often, who does all the stuff behind the scenes to keep track of our predictions and fantasy stuff. He is here with me in studio because we were both, in some capacity, working the Northwestern versus Morris women's semifinal game. So, Matthew, it's good to have you here. Thank you for making some time. Oh, thank you. And now I have a first name besides oh, Mr. Oh, you know, I in my, that up. I in my other job, I get called Mr. Bauman, but it's nice to now be called Matthew. Well, so, so let you, me. You uh, like that? Yeah, not from my students, but from you. Yes. Well, I, I, that's what I was going to ask you. Is I mean, you you expect that from your students, right? You don't want them calling you Matthew, do you? <laughs> no, that'd be weird. That, that'd be, a fifth that grader be. called me Matthew. That would not be. That would not be good. I'm glad to hear you have control of your classroom, though, and that they <laughs> do you. respect yes. that. So that's good. That's good. 
And we, we, Wyatt, will get to, uh, you know, and you're free to jump in wherever, Matthew, for what it's worth. And like I said, you were in the gym for one of the semifinals tonight. But you are specifically here to put Wyatt and I to the test with a little bit of a game later Mm -hmm. on in this recording. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to keep it vague. I mentioned some of the stuff he's done throughout the season. So, Wyatt, we can think about that as we talk about these games. But, folks, stay for the whole pod. We're going to have some fun stuff down the stretch for that that we are looking forward to that Mr. Bauman will lead the way with. And so with that, Wyatt, we could go so many places to start. We have done ladies first before. We've done let's just do the first games before. Tonight was a little different in the fact that throughout this season, the men have been first and the women have followed. Games got pushed back. They're on a Friday instead. I don't know the logic for doing the woman first and then the guys because all season long it was the reversal. I don't know, you know, if you would have any insight on that. All that is no. to say, I think I think we should start actually with what we just saw on the men's side. Maybe it's fresher in our brains. I mean, a lot of it is fresh, and that's why we do these instant reactions the night of is because we just consumed a lot and want to get the information out while it's still fresh on our minds. At least that's why I do it. Are you okay with starting on the men's side in the games that we were just watching the streams of? Well, to answer your question, I'm not sure, not that question, but the question you asked before, yeah. I don't know the reasoning behind, you know, the timing of the games and, you know, they were all at different locations anyway, so it's not like that played a factor, but to answer your second question, yes, we can absolutely start with what we just saw. The women's, it technically isn't an instant reaction because we had to watch the men's game, so why not do an actual instant reaction right here with what we just saw in the two men's semifinals, two uh, very interesting games, that's to say the least. Yeah, they absolutely were, Wyatt, and we knew how tight it was from one through four, and I mean, even you know, after the fact, a team like Crown for how good they were down the stretch in North Central, we could go on and on, but there wasn't as much of a gap at the top, and we talked about it in our previews where this could go so many different directions, but after all this, Chalk wins, just like it did a season ago, and now we will get into everything about the two games but just looking in totality, got to be honest, Wyatt, I wanted a little bit more. I mean, we got two games that were won by double digits that didn't really have any drama down the stretch, and we'll get to the woman's side in a little bit. But tonight, only one of the four games truly had drama down the stretch. And boy, boy, oh boy, I mean, <laughs> did that one ever have drama in downtown Minneapolis that we're going to get to a little bit later on, Wyatt. But then the other three, you, you tell me this all the time. And I'm going to ask you the same thing here that I do with other sports, where you're always the one reminding me, whether it be when we're, you know, you and I talking about how March Madness pans out or the NFL playoffs and wanting to see the better matches as we go down the stretch and the better matchups. So we're talking, you know, literal matches in tennis, and I'll quit throwing out examples. You're always the one who tells me, Ryan, it's not all bad. That means we're going to get better games later on in a tournament or in this case in the championship. So, Wyatt, in some way, do you think tonight's results will make for more compelling championship contests on Sunday? I mean, yes and no. Uh, yes, from the standpoint that the top teams did win, and no from the standpoint any one of the potential matchups I think would have been compelling. You know, that's how tight the standings were really all year, especially on the men's side, and I think we saw that for a while in both the semifinal games. On the women's side, it's kind of been Northwestern and everybody else, so... 
I guess a little bit to what you're saying. I think it's different in a larger tournament when you get the top four teams in the conference in there. You're going to get good semifinals and a good championship game no matter what. I think Coach Garvin even mentioned that when we interviewed him. They, they were expecting a dogfight tonight in their game, and that's what they got for a good chunk of it. So you're going to get good matchups regardless. I understand what you're saying, though. It's it's going to be the top teams from both sides, and that's the way it should be. I mean, they've been the best teams all year. They deserve the right to compete for a championship. And we will, folks, definitely get to previewing those matchups a little bit later on. Don't get us wrong. But when we talk about the men's side and starting their first wide, like I mentioned, let's start with the 1-4, all right? They deserve to have us talk about them first, being the Bethany Lutheran College Vikings. You mentioned we talked to Coach Garvin recently, just recorded with him after they wrapped up this past weekend, the outright regular season conference championship. And we knew there could be an upside tonight against Morris, again, to reset the scene. They won the first game against Morris in their own building in overtime. And then the next one, they won by two on the road. Well, tonight was their most convincing victory, Wyatt. And I'm going to let you take the first grab at this because I didn't really have an opportunity to get more locked into this one as far as watching the stream until the second half. Did you notice anything early that told you like, okay, either this is going to be one that I think is going to be close or Bethany is like really ready to take it to the next level here in the postseason? I thought Morris did a really good job right away of showing up ready to play. They were able to hit some outside shots. They made Bethany go inside a little bit, and Nielsen actually played a much bigger role in this game, especially early on getting attempts inside and, quite frankly, throughout the totality. I mean, he ended up with 14 points. So it, I, I thought that was a good approach, and they were making Bethany go inside. They were trying to make sure they didn't get comfortable from deep, and throughout the entire course of the game, they ended up not shooting that many threes. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of this one in the second half. Like you said, my eyes were kind of locked on Northwestern Superior. Uh, that was kind of the better game as the second half went along. I think Morris made a couple of late pushes and got it back within single digits, seven, eight points once or twice. But every time they went on a run in the second half, Bethany had an answer. And Bethany got to the line a lot more than Morris did. A lot of that has to do with the end of the game and just you know trying to seal it away. But when you make 17 of 21 free throws and your opponent only attempts four, that's not a rest recipe for success if you're Minnesota Morris. So biggest things for me in the first half was that Morris did a really good job of making Bethany work for everything. That's why it was close at halftime. I thought they were playing some really good defense. They were being physical with them, which I think is something you have to do with Bethany. You got to try and make them a little bit uncomfortable. But then as the game went on, and again, I didn't get to see all of it, it seemed like it picked up the pace a little bit. Bethany got to more of what they wanted to do. And once they get that lead, you know how hard it is to catch up, especially on their home court. That's also something we talked about with coach Garvin at home they're just a different type of an animal and when they get a lead in the second half on their home court the place was rocking really tough to come back from that so I think Bethany just eventually wore them down it's an extremely impressive performance from them considering that you know we always say it's hard to beat a team three times in one season well they did it for the third time and it was actually their biggest win on the year in this matchup so I was just really impressed with what I saw from Bethany tonight yeah, that's great stuff, Wyatt. And just looking at a few things that I was able to before they started second-half play, it seemed like, like you said, I mean, Nielsen was the leader. He was the straw that stirred the drink, and they did a pretty good job slowing him down in the second half, but obviously he was needed in the first half because they slowed down their guards really well. I mean, I was looking at the numbers between Mats and Segal and Patterson. 
I would have to dive deeper into this, but what a second half for Drew Sagdahl. I mean, he took over from times where I think he for sure didn't have 10 at recess, and he finishes with 24 in this ball game, and, you know, kind of puts on a performance that reminds you why he was one of the candidates for player of the year in this conference a little bit earlier on and maybe not in that conversation anymore. But I think it's fascinating when you look after the fact, okay, like, yeah, Bethany won the rebounding battle, but just by three. Morris shoots 46% from the field on the road. That's not bad. You know you're going to have to be really good to beat Bethany. Don't get me wrong. They're at 51. But Wyatt, I mean, this one just leaps off the page and then some. Fast break points. Bethany, 28 rip. <laughs> I mean, there's a few times late in that ball game where they got it out to Nielsen and he's able to finish or they get it down the floor really quickly and it's a guard like Madsen or Patterson finishing in the lane. You just can't have that. And that combined with the fact of, you know, Morris loses this game by double digits, but don't be fooled by saying, well, Bethany's offense is just too much. It's hard to slow them down, and Morris couldn't match it in the sense of what you can generate offensively. Shots got to go in. Don't get me wrong. But Morris, for so much of that second half wide, and I know you were more locked in on the on the superior Northwestern game that we'll get to in a moment, but for stretches I'm watching where I believe this game was tied at 47, I want to say. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, Matthew. I'm trying to remember these numbers, but – we got then to a point where it was a, I don't know, 8-10-0 run for Bethany. They call timeout. Morris is able to get it to 8 or 6 a few times, yep. and then it's back mm-hmm. to double digits. But mm-hmm. the whole time, Wyatt, they're getting paint touches and kicks, and they could not buy a three ball. Those numbers I said before, I didn't mention from deep, okay? 33% is not terrible, 8-24, but almost all those looks in the second half are near grade-A chances, and they're going to wish they could have so many of those back. Where I was impressed with what they're able to do. Now they got scrambled down the stretch when you're down by so much and you start pushing um, and forcing things a little bit. But the way so much of this panned out, Wyatt, when I was watching early in the second half, I kept saying, okay, the door's open a bit. Like you still got to walk through it and there still is work to do, but you could go to a place where you could say, yeah, Morris could go on the road. And if Bethany is at their best at home and scoring the basketball, the way they're able to do so on some nights, you can't beat them. I don't think that was the case. And like you said, yeah. that's maybe even all the more impressive for Bethany where they're a couple notches lower than their best. And they not only beat a team for the third time this season, but it's the most impressive victory by 13 points in a semifinal. So to wrap up what you said about it was 47, 47 okay. with 15, 39 left. There you go. Bethany stretched it to 61, 47, 14. Oh, oh. Wow. And then, the next time that Morris scored was with 9.47 left. They didn't score for almost six minutes. There you go. That's the ball game right can't, there. Yeah, can't do that on the Thank road you. in the second half. And, and, again, I hate to look at one specific guy, but he's such a good player. We've talked about him so much, Ryan. Noah Conaghy's here. It just – yeah. He didn't he didn't have it again tonight. And and there had been times this year where the, he does, for whatever reason, go cold. And, you know, 3 of 15 – I would say he's the best player on that team, all-around player. Yeah. That's just not going to get it done on the road. So it's it's Agreed. actually incredible Need they more. were able to hang around as long as they did, considering he did shoot as poorly as he did in this one. I totally agree. You need to have more from him, and he didn't have a single field goal that wasn't from downtown. So, yeah, it's a tough night for Morris, but overall, Wyatt, we're going to get to our grades once we're actually done with the UMAC tournament. But I think it's kind of similar to, you know, a conversation we've had about North Central and Crown in the past on the men's side. I mean, as we kind of put it to bed for Morris, and we'll talk more about Bethany, obviously, because they're in the championship. But, I mean, you got in. You had some really nice results during the regular season. Sure, you would have liked to win a game, 
sure, it's really, you know, unfortunate that you had three cracks at Bethany and couldn't win any of them. But in a way, do you still consider this season a success when you and I looked at it and we didn't really know what expectations to have? But especially when you compare them to a team like North Central or a crown, to be in over them and even get a chance in the UMAC tournament, I know it doesn't feel good at all tonight. And as they make that bus ride back to Morris, that's not what you're thinking about. But they're going to have a lot of talent back next year. They may have the freshman of the year that we'll find out soon in, in Blake Munson if he's voted that. Yeah. All in all, I, I think there's a lot to build off of in this season for Morris. I would agree 100%. And like you said, I don't think there was a ton of expectations coming into this season for this squad. And I, I think we noticed something was a little bit different right off the bat when they won their first three conference games and did it the way yeah. they did. And, and of course, yeah. you know, this league can beat you up over time, and that's kind of what happened. But they gave themselves a chance, and, you know, they, they came up short tonight. But there's nothing to be ashamed of for the season that they had. Really looking forward to seeing where this team goes and then one last thing on Bethany another thing that just really impresses me about them we've talked about their depth and their balance but their guards specifically there's so much more than shooters I mean Jax Madsen for yeah. instance I mean they love to even just post him up or they did tonight a couple times he turns around and goes into his jump shot down on the baseline that's uh not something you can say really about any other team in this conference this year where they have four or five different guys that they can go to whether it's posting them up spot up shooting inside whatever it may be and Bethany, all the guys that they play seem like they can do everything when they need to. So that's that's pretty rare, and I think that just shows how good they've been this year and how special of a season they've been having. It's a great point, Wyatt, and especially for a guy like him who has had some struggles. I mean, he would be the first to tell you that in this second half where there's been a lot of off-shooting performances. Same thing tonight, but he doesn't hang his head. He leads them in rebounding with eight boards and an assist with six. So on a night where he only shoots three of 11 and we know how hot he can get from downtown, he's still finding ways to impact the game. And that, you know, that's culture, that's coaching, that's leadership. That's, you know, any adjective or term you want to put out there is when it's not your night shooting wise. And that's maybe your calling card and what we've seen so much through you throughout the season. Well, how can you still make a difference in this ball game? And there's one player specifically on the woman's side that I want to mention about that as well for what she had happening to her this evening. So those are the best players, I think, Wyatt. If you don't have your shot, all right, are you going to complain? Are you going to whine about it? Or are you actually going to still do something and make an impact in the ball game? Couldn't agree more. You ready to go to the other one? Absolutely, yes. We will get to uh, who Bethany is playing. And it's not Northwestern. It's Superior. And we'll get to that matchup shortly, Wyatt. You saw more of this game than I did. I was able to be locked in for most of the second half coming from other stuff that I had to tend to tonight. But, I mean, do we want to start on Northwestern's end and then go to Superior and then, you know, parlay that well, into Superior I, Bethany? Or where do you want to go? I understand that logic. I like to talk about the winning team first, though, because I think they okay. deserve our attention. They, you that, know. Go ahead. Yep. So, so, and I'll get to Northwestern. Don't get me wrong. But Superior, the biggest difference in this game was their toughness and their defense and just that mentality. And I think it showed on both ends of the floor at times, especially late in this game. I mean, Northwestern, right away, I would say in the first five, six minutes of this game, and then in the last, you know, eight minutes or so, nothing was easy. They couldn't get any good looks. And a lot of that had to do with just the fact that nobody really had a good game besides Kyle Kamink and then Parker Bainey knocked down some shots. But credit that to Superior's defense. I, I think they were ready to go. They were locked in. 
and that toughness is really what pushed them over the edge tonight. So I was really impressed with that. This is also a game where I understand he ended up with 13 points, but it was a quiet 13 for Joseph Fahrenholtz, I thought. There's a lot of other guys that stepped up. How about TJ Moberg, a guy we really haven't even mentioned, hitting a couple of big shots late. They could go to other guys when they needed to. Javon Walker did his thing. Uh, Reed Johnson hit a big three. Joey Barker hit some shots in the second half. I, You know I love Joey Barker. You always made fun of me when I brought him up that first time a year ago, but he's a guy that's just he been around. Some a big long time. time three balls late. Both Absolutely. of his were huge. Yep. And he's capable of doing that. So they, they had a lot of guys step up. They were really balanced. And I think balanced depth wins you games, especially in the tournament. That and defense. And Superior had both of that tonight. So really impressed with them and the way they handled themselves. Even early on when Northwestern did get off to a little bit of a lead in that first half, they never really panicked. They just kept doing their thing. And in the second half, they used that home crowd. They hit some shots and they kind of just rode that the rest of the way. So I was really impressed with the Jackets. They've had a great year. Happy for them on this accomplishment and uh, excited to see what they can do in the championship, which we'll get to on the other side. And then I'll turn it over to you just quickly on Northwestern. Again, just kind of disappointing way to end the season. I, I think there's a lot of guys that almost had the deer in the headlights look, and it's a little bit surprising from a team that's been there so often. But some of these guys specifically maybe haven't. Another thing with Caleb Hoyling, I know he played 20 minutes. I guess I'm getting a report. He's dealing with a, a, a back injury now is, is what I was told oh. after the game. So. I wish I would have had that information. You here late on a Friday night. Wow. <laughs> I I wish I had that information before the game. It may have changed my pick because he's such a big part. And I'll be honest, and you can answer this too. I didn't think he looked the same as he typically does, and maybe no. that explains it a little bit. That on top of the fact that you know Henry uh, just didn't. You know, I I would say he would probably even admit this. It was his worst game of the season. Just couldn't buy a shot. Uh, they really did a good job on him inside. So you take those two out of the equation. All of a sudden, all that's really left, and I understand uh, Fuque and Pasternich can make shots and do some stuff, but to be honest, it's really just Kyle at that point. And, and he tried yeah. to carry the load and do his thing. I mean, he almost had a double-double. He scored 28. It's just a remarkable performance in his last career college game. Outside of him, and then Parker Bainey knocking down three threes off the bench, which they did kind of roll with their hot hand in the second half, which we had talked about. They played Bainey a little bit more. Uh, besides those two, they, they did not do anything offensively. It's a really disappointing performance for them. I think Superior showed they were the all-around better team in this matchup. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of questions going into the offseason for Northwestern. I think there's a lot of guys on that team that are going to have to get better this offseason if they want to even think about returning to the top of this conference. Very quickly on Hoyleen, he did not play the final regular season game against Martin Luther. Mm. And you could just have chalked that up to you don't want him to get those extra minutes or mm -hmm. after clinching your spot, you know you're the three, so it doesn't really matter. But everyone but else did. Play. Yep, everyone so, else played. Yeah. Yeah, that's I a, guess we didn't name. even really catch that, I guess, when it happened. So yeah. I we, we should have maybe caught on to that, too. Because, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think he looked like he typically does. And, and a guy that versatile to them and with how important he is to their success on both ends of the court, that clearly affected them, I think. Yeah, it's definitely worth noting. And I know why. I mean, you know, Jacket fans could be thinking this. But I know you're not saying that to say, well, if he was 100%, it's an Eagles win. I know that's not oh, what no, you're saying, no, but no, it is a factor all. in this game. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I I don't even know where to start with this thing. I'm going to start the same way I did with with um, Bethany and Morris throwing away and looking at some of the numbers. And I know this is why there is so much more than a box score, folks. And this is just part of the equation. And thankfully, you know, all of us talking in this conversation, we're at least able to see some of this game. But Wyatt, if I were to tell you coming in, 
that Northwestern, again, against a really physical team, does what they do. They're plus 11 on the glass. They have 13 second-chance opportunities. And that Kyle drops 28 points. I know it's way more than yeah. that. We know all of it right now. But if I told you those two things, you're you're probably thinking, okay, Northwestern scoring at least 70, maybe 75. Is Superior going to outscore him like that at home? I mean, you're not thinking Northwestern loses by double digits and for the second time this season at Superior is held under 60. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed it by any means. Like you said, that's why there's so much more than a box score. And I think I get it. You know, there's, you know, 13 offensive rebounds in this game. But at the same time, you know, another reason why they were able to out-rebound him so much is that the Jackets didn't really turn the ball over. So they're always getting shots on the other end as well. That's you know, the they, huge number. They, they only turned yeah. it over five times in this game. Northwestern turned it over 17 times. So that's maybe part yeah. of the reason in the rebounding discrepancy. Again, 13 offensive rebounds a ton. And I, I got to be honest, I would never have guessed they had that much from watching the game. So Henry I'm a had little six surprised. offensive rebounds alone, and he um, still only scores two points and makes one field goal. I mean, you know, we'll we'll you know circle back to Kyle maybe here in a moment, and you know, it's tough for him ending his career, like you said. But man, tough night for Henry too, like you said. I mean, it, yeah, I agree with you. Probably, you know, you could argue his worst game of the season. I don't mean that to knock the guy. It's just what we've I, seen. I agree. Toughest performance, I guess. I agree, and I think you do got to give Superior a ton of credit to that. I, I think yep. they, they were physical they him with him. Yep. They they got him out of his comfort zone. It really was telling at the end of the first half. Northwestern, I thought, was a little out of control. They were driving into the lane trying to get something going. Ball was kind of going everywhere. I think Superior got him out of the rhythm. Northwestern settled down at halftime, came back out, and it was better. But then even in the last five, six minutes of this game, there were multiple passes that didn't even lead to turnovers, but it was like they're passing the ball to nobody. Like, I, yeah. they just were not on the same page in this game. I mean, happened a couple times where I think Pasternich was looking uh, yep. for Caleb once. I think Bainey yep. had the one where they threw it to Bainey, and then he steps out of bounds, and so they – turn it over, and they, they just were out of sync for whatever reason. I think Superior had them rattled a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, Matthew and I sitting here watching it, we're saying how many times have we seen that this season or even the last multiple seasons? You talk about some of the ones that, you know, didn't turn into turnovers but were just bad possessions or ones that did straight up turn into turnovers. Then I think of the one where they showed the pressure, and I get this can happen, but – I don't know what happened, Why? where it was like two passes, and then all of a sudden they lobbed it ahead to Fahrenholtz, and no one was within the same yeah. area code as them. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's a difference between a press and, you know, just not even being close to the guy. And again, I don't mean to overdo this one way or another and just say it was as bad, as bad as can be for Northwestern. They just played awful, and Superior got lucky. That's not what I'm saying, because I'm saying exactly what you're saying, Wyatt, and the fact that Superior forced him into a ton of that. And being on their home floor, and having a season unlike they have had in the time they've been in the UMAC. I mean, I was looking back earlier this week. You can argue already with them going to the final. This is their best season in men's basketball in the UMAC, superior. And we don't know what is going to happen on Sunday against Bethany, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But already what they have done, and just taking a lone wide, forget about all the other games, they matter, don't get me wrong, but beating Northwestern three times. I mean, how many schools in the UMAC period over the last decade decade plus can say we've beaten unw three times in one year 
You're, you're the ask, list isn't long. I can tell you that. You're asking me when we got our statistician in studio. Yeah, we got a researcher guy right yeah, here. I, I He's got to have this number. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, the, the list might just be superior, quite frankly, in yeah. the last decade, if, if we're being honest. I mean, I can't think of a time where Northwestern hasn't really hosted the conference tournament outside of like once or twice, you know? So yep. uh, it happened once when my brother was playing, when they went to Superior, actually. and uh, Or was it Glasgow? I can't remember now. But uh, they ended up winning the conference tournament. And then there was another time uh, just recently where Bethany got to host. Yeah, Beth- and that was yep. that, you know, great game that we were there for, Ryan, and we called. So, yep. But besides those two times, I can't think of a time where Northwestern hasn't even hosted. So that means they're just not getting beat, period. So to do it three times in one season – uh, that says a lot about where Superior is at right now. By far their best team that I can remember, and that says a lot about what that coaching staff has been able to do. And most, if not all, of their big guns are back. Like They have some guys yeah. who are maybe listed as seniors, but I think they got almost everything, if not everything, returning next year. We're not talking about next year yet, but one big thing I want to note, why, because we talked about it earlier in the week, could Northwestern find a way to not allow Fahrenholtz to really take over and beat them and get hot early? I think they did a really good job, especially to add to it, what was it? Three, four minutes Matthew left in the first half where he picked up his third foul? Three and, a, three and a half minutes left. So then you have him out for the closing stretch of the first half. And then Coach Polkowski says not only him, but Wyatt, I don't know if you also noticed, Joey Barker also started the second half with three fouls. We talk about how good they were defensively and throwing Northwestern off their game. You have Barker and Fahrenholtz, two starters who are massive on both ends of the floor. Both were in double figures, both really good defenders. Do not pick up a single foul, either one of them, in the whole second half. And we can go deep diving about Northwestern's attack plan offensively and things that they weren't able to do and wishing they could go at guys more. But that's that's remarkable for two guys who are that important, who had that much of an issue with in the first half. And now, again, they still went into the locker room with a four-point lead. But some people, including myself, are sitting here, and I'm sure you were as well, Wyatt, saying, all right, eventually, a guy like Caleb or Henry – or Micah knocking down some threes, or Bainey off the bench, somebody's going to start to score a little bit and help Kyle. And then if you get Fahrenholtz to pick up his fourth foul early in the second half, this is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I I mean, all things considered, I think you were happy where you were at at halftime because I don't think Northwestern played that great in the first half. And, you know, they still gave themselves a chance throughout the entire second half even. There was a moment they were down, I think it was 45-40, and it was Burns. What? And, and, you know, he's a little raw at times, but the energy and the effort he gives, I'll give him that. He's out there flying around. He gets the and one. He misses the free throw but gets the rebound, kicks it out. Bainey hits the three, and we're tied. So... I was thinking, Huge okay, sequence. maybe maybe yep. this is it. Maybe this is where they're finally going to make their move. But then Superior just answered right back. So to answer your question, yeah, I was thinking at some point it was going to happen, but it never came specifically from Henry or Caleb in this game. And like you said, they never picked up their fourth foul on either of those two guys for the Jackets as well. So it, it, it was that one burst there, but otherwise there was never really a moment in the second half where it seemed like Northwestern was going to win the game, honestly. One thing quickly circling back to what Ryan said, the Northwestern website and the schedule has going back to 2007 and 2008, and there has not been a conference team that has beat Northwestern three times since 2007-2008. Wow. I believe it. It's just they, they are not familiar with losing, I guess, is the best way to put it. They just It's, it's a foreign language to them. So a little bit of uncharted uh, water there for them to be out in the semis once again. And it's happened before, Ryan, where they've lost in the semis, but this one feels a lot different because 
It's not uh, on your home court. It's not like you were upset necessarily. They had some issues all season long, and they kind of got exposed again tonight. So it just it, it's one of the less impressive years that Northwestern's had in some time, I would say. That's very well put, Wyatt. And I think, you know, we can transition into just wrapping on Northwestern. And I got to, you know, be careful myself and all of us. I mean, we have been following this program more closely than any other squad that we talked to because we all went to school here and have, you know, different affiliations with people who we know have played. But all that is to be said, yeah, I would agree with you. And that is saying something, Wyatt. In a year where, yeah, some things didn't go your way, but you were still a three seed. And you were going into the conference tournament saying, hey, anything could happen. I mean, we've done it before. We talked about the 17-18 season where Northwestern was the three seed. They go up to Scholastica in Duluth and Isaiah Ryer and Anderson Bazile Jr. and Caleb Hagman with the shot down the stretch. I mean, going back to those guys, they found a way to win on the road. And yeah. then they almost beat Bethany on the road in the championship. So, like, we've seen them do it before, but like you mentioned, it's mostly at home. And now the biggest thing is you say, next, what? what's next? And, you know, we can talk about this at a further time as well, but circling back to a guy we mentioned who tonight, in his final career, collegiate game at least, as you had mentioned, Wyatt, 2K10 drops 28-9. He's a guy we're going to circle back to later when you and I are speculating who should be player of the year. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But to go out on a night like this, and here's the deal. The guy won a UMAC championship last season, was one of the key players for Northwestern. But then in the NCAA tournament, I mean, he was playing at like 60%. And if there's a more healthy Kyle, if that, if there's even a 75, 80% healthy Kyle or even 70%, they're beating Pomona Pitzer, okay? But two years ago in that NCAA, where it was the COVID year and whatnot, he was like the MVP of that whole tournament. And he, he was dynamite. So in the time he was at Northwestern, he did some good things. But also when you look back on how the last two seasons have ended, Man, he's probably going to be thinking about this for a long, long time. And as we look at Northwestern moving forward wide, I mean, you know, shout out to you, Kyle. I know he listens to the pod some. I don't know if he's going to, you know, be able to turn this one on. He probably doesn't want to think anything about UMAC basketball, but awesome, awesome career for him. Wish him nothing but the best for the future. But when you think that he's not part of the picture next year, Wyatt, and we look at a game like tonight, where if it wasn't him, it was really no one. And you got a guy like Fuquay who came in, but I, I think he's done. Does he does me he maybe have another year actually? He wasn't a part of senior day, so I'm assuming he's coming back. Yeah, that's a something. good point, actually. He maybe could be back. So anyway, I don't know, you know, put a put a pin in that one. But just Kyle being gone. You got other pieces. The cupboard is never bare at Northwestern. Don't get me wrong, Wyatt. <laughs> but when you look at Kyle specifically being gone, if you want to mention anything more on him, and then the team as a whole. It's, again, kind of like what we talked about last offseason. There are more questions than we've maybe had in a long time for, for Northwestern moving forward. I agree. And, you know, Kyle deserves a shout-out for the way he played tonight, the career he had since coming to Northwestern. He was a big-game player, honestly, Ryan. And, again, I, I yeah. don't really count the game against Pomona against him because he wasn't healthy. I mean, he was no. given everything he had. And like you said, even if he's close to healthy, they probably win that game and are moving on to the next round of the national tournament last year. But I think back to even – the semifinal game that they lost against Scholastica, it was eerily similar to this in that Kyle was doing everything that night as well, having just a yeah. monster game, trying to drag these guys to a victory. Very similar tonight, too, and both times they came up short, so I feel for him. He's he's played really well in some of these big games and has not been rewarded with a win, so it's tough to see him go out that way, but uh kind of player that will be remembered in this conference for a long time to come, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, maybe we'll have some random offseason discussion about them. But uh, if you are okay with Dunbean talking about Northwestern in the semis, do you want to move on? Do you, what yeah. we know will be the championship. 
The one versus the two. Bef- Fro- before, before you do, do that, that, before you do that, you got to go back to the predictions for the for this round of the tournament. Do I, we? I took okay. note of your <laughs> predicted scores for the tournament, and Ryan, by far the closest with the Bethany Lutheran game. You could have just said he was the closest. You didn't have to say by far. Come on. (laughs) You were way too high. So it was 87-74. I said 84-70. Okay. 84-79, 87-74. That's pretty close. Um, Yeah, neither one of you are not going to talk about Northwestern Superior. (laughs) Well, hey, remember what I said. Remember what I said. If I would have had my insider information, I may have picked the Jackets in this game. I mean, Caleb not being healthy absolutely plays a role in this. Yeah, it does. And we didn't know, you know, Henry was going to be affected that much and all these things. But, yeah, that's how it goes. Sounds like a lot of excuses. They are excuses. Yeah. yeah, They are excuses, but, you know, I, I just want them noted. That's all I'm saying. Just want it on the record. Duly so. noted. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. So, okay, but we did uh, we, we did get one right because we both had Bethany, and then we both had Northwestern, so we were one for one. Yeah, it's okay. Five hundred. I mean, there's not much to analyze here in the in the postseason, so we better yeah, get the just, championship just, right, Wyatt. Just, we better just, we better well, band was... together and pick the same team. <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna pick who I think is gonna win. If you if that's somebody different for you, then so be it. But do you want to give a quick prediction on that one? Then is what you're saying before we go to the women's yeah. side. Should we do it that way, or should we? I think I'm it's easier to just do it now and then move on. I'm fine with okay. that. Do you want to go first, or you want me to? You go ahead, sir, because because that's going to help me determine. I I need sure. to know more about this matchup. I don't know enough about these teams. I'm I'm kind of lost right now. So so help me clear things up. Well, this is what I'll keep an eye on for this matchup. To me, it comes down to Javon Walker being able to create plays. I thought he was really effective in this game against Northwestern tonight. It, it seemed like he could get any shot he wanted whenever he needed to because he's quick off the bounce. And you have to respect his three-point shot as well. I think it's going to have to take a massive game from him. And I also think they're going to have to have everybody else around him be a strong supporting cast, kind of like they did tonight. You know, Moberg, like we said, a guy we haven't even really talked about at all this year, is making some big shots in this game. Joey Barker knocked down a couple of threes. Reed Johnson, I mean, he let that one fly in the second half. He knew it was in. And so all these guys are going to have to have some of their better games, I think, if they want any chance to be Bethany on their home court. Because remember... They don't lose at home. They haven't lost a game at home all year, and a big part of it is that crowd and that gym size, which uh, Coach Garvin mentioned, and I'm glad he did bring that up because when you watch their stream like I did tonight for some of it, it really is a perfect size for a Division three gym, and they can surround the track up top. Students get loud. It echoes in there. So they got a really good thing going over there, and, and it's not going to be easy by any means going into their place and getting an opportunity to beat them. So it's going to take everybody. I think Walker has to lead the charge, and then you got to have a good, strong supporting cast around him. If they only turn the ball over five times, too, that wouldn't hurt either. So if they can replicate a lot of what they did tonight, I think they'll give themselves a chance. That toughness, uh, the, the blueprint, it doesn't really change. I think Bethany's just a much better version of Northwestern, to be honest with you. And, and there's differences but they kind of play the same style. They both want to run. They have different guys that can do things, a couple of elite players. It's a lot of the same with Bethany and Northwestern, but Bethany's just a better version, if that makes sense. So I think the blueprint stays the same for Superior. Can they just execute at an even higher level? For Bethany, Sagdahl is the guy I look to first and foremost. Like you said, if he plays like the guy he has at times this year with that we said he was a conference player of the year candidate, I don't think they'll lose the game because I think they'll get enough from everybody else. I also look at the other guards like I saw tonight. Can they continue 
to play at a high level and get different looks, whether it's inside, whether it's from three-point, if they need to post them up, whatever they need to do. And then Nielsen, defensively, can he clog the middle, make Superior stay outside, and can he kind of be that force inside, which I think he can. So there's a lot of interesting matchups to look at. It's funny because you look back on the regular season games that these two played, and you know, I, I see this one going either way. I think it's been that tough this year and that tight in this conference. Last time they met, Bethany went up to Superior and they got the win by nine. Again, a little bit lower scoring because that's the way Superior likes to play. They can really slow a game down when they need to. They can get you uncomfortable, get you rattled a little bit. I think it'll be similar to that again as far as the score goes. And I think the same team that won that matchup is going to win this one as well. I think Bethany defends their home court. I think they get a win. They cap off a remarkable season. And not only cap it off, they might have a chance to go do some damage in the NCAA tournament as well. I think either team could. I think either team could. But I think Bethany is going to get this win. I think they'll have the place packed out, and they'll have the game plan in place that they need to. And what Superior was able to do against Northwestern tonight is not going to be able to be as effective this time around against Bethany. Do you want me to give a score prediction? prediction? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'm a little hesitant to give it because, you know, Ryan had the best score predictions by far uh, on the (laughs) semifinal matchup. Oh, that's true. To be honest, I don't even remember my score predictions, but I'll throw a number (laughs) out there anyways for this one. I will go Bethany 78, Uh, and I'll take Superior 67. Oh, close close for a while. Bethany's too much down the stretch, and they extend it. They're a good free-throw shooting team. A lot of guards. They'll make their free throws, and uh, they hang on to win this game. Very quickly, you were talking about Javon Walker and what he will have to do if they win. Mm-hmm. The past three weeks, okay, so, well, past three games, since he made the two free throws at the end of the Northwestern game yep. to finish up that night with 12 points, last weekend – Against Morrison Crown, 23 and 28, and then 17 again tonight. And basically hasn't come off the floor in the three games. And I don't think he'll be able to in this one either. I think he has to be out there. He's their leader, their general on the floor. And there's just a lot that he can do, even if it's not scoring. Like I said, he can create. They run their offense through him at the point, and... There's a lot to like. This was like the first chance I got to watch an entire game this year, and I was really impressed with what I saw from him. So he, he's a baller. There's no question about that. This may be a question for the research team, but one of you guys may know it. I'm trying to think because we had – I remember who won it on the women's side last year for the first ever UMAC Defensive Player of the Year. Was it Walker who won it on the men's side or who won it on the men's side? I don't I know don't if remember. you can look that up. Bowman as we're talking here I can look it up yeah I don't remember who won that but it may have been a few guys at Superior and the other one I'm thinking of Wyatt now plays at Bethany and yeah. Bethany is playing who <laughs> Superior yeah, you know for all I, the marbles I didn't even so really two guys. mention that yeah that is quite the storyline considering how this offseason went with the transfer portal Biggest and everything. story of the offseason yeah yeah un- unbelievable that it works out that they're gonna play against each other now for this championship that's got to add another element to this game for sure yeah and some people who would like to say ah oh, it's not that big of a deal you're making too much of a deal of it that's incorrect did you find yeah. it Matthew I did find it defensive player of the year last year it graduated unfortunately for hold on what what, what 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 wait, wait give us a hint Give Bethany Lutheran. Bethany Lutheran. 
graduated from Bethany last year. Was it? Uh, yeah. It wasn't Mayfield. Oh, Malinkovich. Yeah, Jared yeah. Malinkovich. Okay. Good perimeter defender. Wait, was Mayfield okay. even on the team last year? Why did I say Mayfield? I <laughs> yes, was thinking, he was. Oh, okay. I was thinking Smith. Well, but... to be fair, nothing against Kyrie, but I don't think he was in the running for a defensive <laughs> player. No, no. I, I don't know. I thought that guard works. right away for Bethany. I don't yeah, know why, yeah. but. He I was forgot about Malinkovich. He yeah. was honorable mention, Umeckle Conference, Kyrie. So there you go. For his know, scoring. How in the world yeah. did yeah, you sorry, forget Malinkovich? He was there for like eight years. Well, he there's a lot brother. of good defenders. Yeah. Jared and Jacob. Yeah. Twins. They're from like New Prague. They're like yeah. guys, yeah, that will never be forgotten in that program. They were there forever. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's accurate. Yeah, um ton of stuff to get to. Yeah, circling back. I mean, how about that? For for X and Mason and you know, we talked with Coach Garvin last Sunday, Wyatt, and uh, he had a lot of things to say about them and, you know, all the transfers and new guys that they've brought in and over, you know, half of their roster this year being guys who weren't on the team last year and how it's all worked together. But you can say at the same, you know, on the other side of the coin, if you will, in the same sentiment, kind of a question that you asked to Coach Polkowski when we had him on, what was that, in January? I think that was last month. Maybe it was start of February. Anyway. They are doing this this season with two starters, three starters actually, who who weren't on or who are on last year's squad who are no longer here. I don't know where Eli Vogel went. I was going to look that up and then I just couldn't find it. Maybe this is another one for the research team. Thank you, Mr. Bauman. He's all mm-hmm. over it. But he wasn't a senior wide. I don't know if you remember him. Really good defender I remember on the him. perimeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then two other guys, X and Mason, both starters, none of those guys graduate, but they all leave. And yet, Superior does something that really no one's ever done in beating Northwestern three times, and they're in the UMAC final, and basically I think you can stamp it. It is their best season in men's basketball since joining the UMAC. So, I mean, just an awesome, unbelievable season for Coach Polkowski's club. Now at the matchup at hand, as you mentioned. I, I, I feel like you're doing all this because you're going to pick Bethany. So you want to give like your, your credit <laughs> to them. They've had a great year. It's all been great, but... Yeah, well, I, I'll get to the prediction here in a second. But Eli Vogel is currently. Are you going to give us a hint, Matthew? Is he playing college basketball? Do you uh, have anything? He is he overseas. I, <laughs> I'm not sure on this one yet. He was a junior last year. Yeah, and he uh, he's maybe not playing basketball. Twitter. I don't know. Okay, I found his Twitter. Okay. Um, he tweeted. He retweeted all kinds <laughs> of superior stuff last year and hasn't done anything okay. at all this year. So it doesn't look like he's playing basketball based on his Twitter. Or he's just he's gone dark and he's rejected social media. That's right, just like Aaron Rodgers. Which, yeah, which way, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad thing. You're saying he was in Oregon with Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, I don't know why. Aaron Rodgers maybe of the uh, Las, uh, the Las Vegas me, Raiders. I was about to say Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah. something like that on the broadcast tonight from Superior. What was all that about? I have no comment on that. <laughs> I, I I say we move on. There's there's fake no. news going around. That's all. I, I don't know. know. I don't know what the odds were. Maybe about three percent that I for some reason would bring up the name of Eli Vogel this year. But he just popped into my head, yeah, and that's... I was wondering what he's up to. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, why you mentioned the matchups in the regular season. I mean, the only game they've played this season in Mankato took place what feels like was like four years ago. I know it's just December, but first game of the UMAC slate where Superior was up. Big time late in the ball game. I think it was by like 17 with five minutes to go. And they ended up winning, but it was only by three at 85 to 82. Yeah, letting a 17-point lead slip late in that ball game. So do we have something like that again where it's at least a tight ball game and maybe it's not that much of a you know cushion that 
Bethany has, I don't know. But like you mentioned more recently, yeah, they won by nine at Superior. It was much closer than that. I pulled it up some down the stretch. Superior had their chances, couldn't find a way to score. Wyatt, I'm interested by your score, and I think, you know, maybe you just got a little gun shy. But if Bethany wins a conference final at home and does it without even scoring 80 points, I mean, then we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about their defense. And don't get me wrong, like their defense isn't bad and superiors offense has been better this year but i think that'd be kind of wild if they win scoring under 80 and win comfortably in a way like you think they will see and i i don't think that's the case at all i i nothing against morris their defense was a lot better this year but bethany put up 87 tonight and that yeah. was you know against the cougars i mean superiors a much better defense uh, they're the best defense in the conference i don't think that's really up for debate to be honest that's fair a- yeah. and it's a short time to prepare you know to attack a defense like that and what do you know coaches always say this time of the year defense wins championships so I think both teams are going to be locked in ready to go it'll be a physical game I think Superior just wants to slow it down too I really don't think it's in their best interest to go in there and try and speed things up I think they're going to take no. their time keep this yep. lower scoring as long as they can and then similar tonight I mean Bethany what was it at halftime I, I took the box score out in their game against Morris they only had like 37 30 33 yeah they only had yep. 37 points at half so I think yeah. it'll be similar to that but then they won't explode in the second half. They'll be a little bit more effective like they were tonight, but it won't be the same. You're totally right. I, that was a bad take. I just, I, I'm glad that I, I was able to change your mind on that. So yeah, no, I, you yeah. absolutely are. And I'm just, and I'm looking at the last game too. And remembering what we talked about in superior, who was the hero? Cause I mean, combined Madsen and Sagdahl, I mean, they were, you know, okay, but they only combine, in this ball game for 23 points when they were at superior last time they played, they held Ackley down to just eight Patterson to just six, their old friends shutting them down and saying, Hey, you're not walking into our barn. Might not be friends anymore. Who knows? Forget about that. I don't know. I think they talk in text more than people know, but who was the hero? Justin Shrupp. 20 whopping points off the bench with five, three balls. So does it take something like that again? When we talk about what superiors defense has done and we look at what they did tonight against Northwestern 2k 10 got his, Everyone else, nah. They're so tough on the perimeter that it's tough for you to do anything really unless you get a paint touch and kick it because they're going to be really tough in the paint as well. And I think those kickout threes are going to be the difference for Bethany. You got to have a good three-point shooting performance. I don't know what the number is exactly, but they got it from Madsen and Shrupp who combined to go in that ball game six of, uh, excuse me, no, not six of, eight of 13 from downtown. And, and those guys basically won the ball game. They shot... 11 to 23 from deep. I think that's the difference in this game. They're going to get into the paint because their guards are so good, and then they're going to kick, and what's going to happen from there? And I think it would be advantageous for them to do the same thing that Northwestern was able to do early and then not capitalize on it. Get some of Superior's big guns out. Don't get me wrong, Wyatt. You mentioned other guys who are stepping up. Levy Miguel has been good at stretches this season. He didn't really do much tonight because he didn't have to. And then Cornelius made a couple big threes off the bench, but... Man, if you pull a Barker or even a Moberg running the ship and a Johnson, if you pull them off the floor for a decent amount of time, Bethany has the depth. They're going to win out on that. I mean, they got veteran guys like Shrupp coming off the bench. Ashburn had a couple really nice finishes tonight off the bench. I like him a lot. They just have more options. Like Superior has a more strict path to victory where, you know, they're going down and they can change their route and destination 
a little bit. I mean, they can't go off course too far, though. Bethany, I mean, they can take detours. They can take stops at the gas station. They can load up for some fast food, get back on the freeway. They're okay. Like, Superior has to be very committed as they move down the road in this one and can't deviate too far. Can they win the game, though? Absolutely they can. And Wyatt's sitting over there thinking he's just setting up the whole way to take Bethany. He's going to do all this stuff, and it's not going to matter whatsoever. Matthew's nodding his head at me in the studio. Should I just make the pick already? Is that what you're saying? A lot of speculation. I would like you to tell me what's going to happen. You're, like, speculating, and I need you to tell me what's going to happen. I do think Bethany gets near 80. I would be very surprised if they get less than 75. I know I said all that about the superior defense, but I think in a championship ball game, they're at home. Call me crazy. They're going to make a lot of three balls, and that's going to be the difference in this game. I'm going to say they win it 79 to 76. Superior tries to tie the game in the final minute. They have the ball. Forget the final minute, the final 20 seconds. Bethany coaches have to make the controversial decision. Our guy, Wyatt, always says, always follow up three. Three rules to live by. Yeah, what are they? Never have Number one. Outside of the East Coast time zone. Is that number one? Never waste calories on pizza outside the Eastern (laughs) uh, time zone. Number two is something to do with the Godfather. Yeah. And then number three is always foul up three late. Yeah. So Those that's are three good rules. <laughs> they, they are. That's going to be the question in this one. I'm going to say they're going to roll the dice. Did did Coach Roy Williams ever foul up three? Because that's who Coach Garvin would follow, whatever Roy did at Carolina. That's a good question. I don't know that he did. I, I can't speak on that entirely, but... <laughs> Anyway, they're they're going to roll the dice. They're not going to foul. Javon Walker's going to go back rim, and Bethany's oh. going to survive at the buzzer. You know, I keep trying to you love... speak into existence, Wyatt, these, you know, <laughs> was, really was... last-second finishes, So yeah. just so it happens, hopefully. I was going to say you love the drama, and you love to be able to, uh, you know, speak into existence these great yeah. games. I would love to see it, too. Prognosticate. Yeah. Yes, there you go. There's the teacher. What, what does the, our guy uh... Michael Scott say, Wyatt? What did what quote did he originate? Okay, well, he's originated like thousands of <laughs> a quotes. Lot of quotes. Like, you know the one you I'm ever, thinking of. Have though. you ever watched The Office? Like, I mean, you could be thinking of Many anything times. right now. Are you thinking of the one? I mean, the first thing that pops up into my mind right now is you the miss, one on the whiteboard. Though you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Amen. That's why, I like, that's why I like Scott. Scott. That's why I like you, White. You knew the one I was talking about. Yeah, and so I'm going to keep taking these shots because I tried to speak it into existence for the Jackets game tonight, and, you know, that obviously didn't even close to work. So hopefully it does on one of these other matchups and we get a really good finish because uh, the league deserves it. And what has been a really, really fun season, we talk about it's tough to beat the same team three times. Bethany did it tonight with Morris. I think they do it again with the Jackets, but it's going to be one. Unlike what we saw earlier this year in Mankato, it's not going to be a big lead for Bethany with five to go and Superior comes roaring back. But, but, the biggest but of this game, Wyatt. Superior knows they were able to do that earlier this season. Don't get me wrong. They've played since then in the game that happened in February in their own barn. But if you have to resort to that, like, don't, don't hesitate. We saw it from Northwestern against Bethany. I know this was years ago in the North Gym. But if you're in a spot in a championship, don't wait till there's five, six minutes left and you say, ah, maybe now we should start to use our pressure, especially a team like the Jackets. <laughs> Throw everything, including the kitchen sink. Like, even if you're down six and you don't like the way things are going, 
throw him a little curveball. 11 minutes to go. Come out of a timeout I, and show some big-time pressure. I love how you set that up because you're like, yeah, should we? Should we? Do you think that's what they're thinking? Like when there's five minutes left, they think, uh, maybe maybe we should put our pressure on now. Like I'm not picturing their coaches doing that. Hey, I also like the curveball. They got to make the decision. I remember when you said I'll lobby a softball coach, and when we were talking to Polkowski, <laughs> and you asked him the yeah. question, he goes, "Oh, that's not a fastball. Yeah. That's like a curveball or a changeup." So, so that's uh, that's bringing back good memories there. Also, before we move on, yes, it's going to be a fantastic. Fantastic game. Really looking forward we're to it. We're trying to speak into existence. Excuse me, folks. I mean, yes. We're doing our part. And, if it's and a 15-point it, game, it's not our fault. <laughs> it very well could be. I mean, that's what you got to prepare for. I mean, it, it very well could get to that point. Uh, I, I'm ready to hop to the women's side right after this. So since we brought him up, here's the tweet of the night from John Rothstein. <laughs> a VCU home game at the Seagull Center. More life-altering yep. than a 10-day trip to Europe. And he would know because he's been to Europe, but he was on his you know phone doing work the whole time. And, uh, he, didn't was really take it in, to, but he was he, he forced was for- to by his significant yeah, other. He did do it on his own. <laughs> forced to go to Europe. I mean, what a tough life that, that John terrible. has. Unbelievable. Okay. One thing I got to ask you in another Rothsteinism before we move over to the woman's side, and it has to relate with this, and it's something we talked about last year as well. In all levels of sports, especially college basketball, in the biggest moments, Wyatt, what do we need more of? Uh, delays to be stopped. <laughs> well, that's what they. Thankfully, in the UMAC, we don't have to worry about that. No, I should have set you up better. I do you think know, I know what? what you're looking for? Yeah. Standalone games. Standalone games, hey, amen. Why are these go. games being played simultaneously? Why are both of these games happening at the same exact time? Why can someone like me, who wants to see the women's game live in person, have to say, well, I guess I just won't see the men's game? Because guess what the bad thing about it is, too, Wyatt? And tough night for the production side for Bethany. Sorry, I, you guys did a great job last weekend. I was watching whoa, a lot of it. Whoa, great camera angles, whoa, great scoreboard, whoa. everything. Got to do better. Fix that for Sunday. You're, Not acceptable. You're, you're really going to try be and call them out after the atrocity that was at North Central tonight, and you're going to complain about Bethany? <laughs> we'll we'll Bethany. get to it eventually. Hey, hey, I can only handle what happens here at Northwestern. I so just It's I, funny that you're calling out <laughs> Bethany when there's like, I mean... He did not watch worse. any of the North Central I wasn't games, able so. to see North Central, so you'll have to enlighten me on that when oh we get to that goodness. here in a moment. Oh, my but, goodness. But, Wyatt, here's the trouble with Bethany, too. I don't think they're archived. I'm not I'm not going to literally be able to see any of this. I would watch it later on Sunday if I could. So so if, if Vikings fans are listening, you guys on the back end can make a way on your website to add an archive for, for the UMAC final. Like I would I would so appreciate it and so many people would. I'm they serious. have to have it, Ryan, because if they were to hit like a game winning shot or something, they would want to send it or post it on Twitter. You know what I mean? They they they're Well, has they got to be like synergy. Do you have a synergy account you can give me? I don't. I don't have the tape that I watch. I every think time. I still have the one in Northwestern, to be honest with you, from when I worked there, like all those years ago. But that doesn't do us any good for this instance. But um, you know what you should do, Ryan? What? You know, before there was a DVR, you'd put it on your TV and just put a video camera up in front of it and record it. And well, hold on that, a second. And then go hold, back later and watch. Hold on a second. You're talking like you've done this. I mean, you're about yeah. our age. Like, <laughs> are, are you trying to tell me that this is a thing? I have no idea. But you can <laughs> I mean, that. Uh, that would be something. Uh, I take it neither of you have to work tomorrow. 
No, tomorrow's a Saturday. Thank goodness. I was gonna say. I mean, we're really <laughs> going down the rabbit hole right now. I mean, we we we, we got to move on to the women's side. Yeah, we're, we're an hour in. We're an hour into yeah. this thing right now. So this is I've great conversation. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all for it. But maybe another time. Did we only do this once. Instant that, well, reaction after semifinal I mean, games per year. I mean, per we year. do it once. We'll per do it for year. baseball. We, we have really. done it before, but okay. Yeah. So that's my message to Beth. Find a way to get that archived. I'm looking forward to the game. We both took the Vikings, but I'm sad I won't be able to see it. That's all I'm saying. It's unfortunate. And why are we doing it? Why, UMAC? Why? In a word. So, why? I mean, is it's part on the UMAC, part on Bethany is what you're saying too, though, because, you know, they need to have well, a situation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, it's not their fault, the timing of the game, but then the fact yeah. that you can't go back and maybe you're mistaken. Maybe there is a way to do it. I, I, I just know. looked on their website and under multimedia, the only stuff is live. So I don't, I don't know where it would be, but anyway, yeah. Enough okay. on that. Let's go to the women's games. And I want you to start. We started with the one, four on the men's side. So let's start there on the women's side. This was one I did watch some of, but like I told you guys off the air, Thank you're both you. in, you're both in attendance. And yes, by the way, the Eagle sports network, by far the best one, of the Thank broadcast. You. I'm not just saying that because, you know, I've worked on that, uh, you know, network before and that, you know, it's the one that you're on. It's just an unbiased personal opinion. I think most people would agree. So great job with the work. Once again, I didn't watch this game as much as I did the other women's semifinal because I knew both of you weren't going to be able to watch the other one like at all. And so I knew you would have more to say about this one than I would to begin with anyway. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. I'll have maybe one or two things to add. But for the most part, I'm going to let you guys share your thoughts on the Northwestern Morris game, a game that Northwestern was able to win. And uh, they, as you mentioned, Ryan, maybe finally got over that hump and get a chance now to play for a championship. Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking back to what you and I had said about this matchup during the week, the seeds mean something, and Northwestern was the one, rightfully so, and you saw it on full display tonight. But the big thing that you and I had said coming in, Wyatt, for so many Eagle players, they've never experienced a moment like this where, yeah, they were on the bench last year. Some of them and players like, you know, Lexi and Grace are coming off the bench, that being Hagen and Landvik and playing sometime. But starting and having these expectations, they haven't felt this before. So that was the biggest question. I would say there were some nerves early in the ball game and, you know, trying to get some of the butterflies out. But for some players, they, they were just ready to go from the jump. And, I mean, the one that jumps off the page is Jasmine Sandro. I mean, she was fantastic from the opening quarter through the end of the ball game, beating her older sister on Minnesota Morris, dropping 15-8 and eight to lead the way for Northwestern, getting to the 10. I mean, that was the thing early that clearly was the mission for Northwestern. We're not going to settle for jump shots. We're going to get to the rim. And Morris was trying to do what so many defenses have tried to do throughout the season in the UMAC Wyatt, especially here in the second half, especially when you look at the one game Northwestern lost. We're going to pack it in in the paint. When you get a paint touch, we're going to have two, three people come at you. We're going to let you kick it out. You're going to have an open three-point look. And we're just going to cross our fingers. You have a cold shooting night. And it feels like that's what everyone in the UMAC says that's our only way to beat Northwestern. And for some spots of this season, that has been able to keep the other team in the game and for Superior's case, help them win that game in overtime. Was a tough start. I think we started one of six or one of seven from downtown, that being Northwestern. But then they got it going a little bit, a couple of them near the end of the first quarter and then a couple in the second quarter as well. And it doesn't end even great, Wyatt. Eight of 26. But, I mean... It was even worse than that against Superior a few weekends ago. So even that for Northwestern felt like, oof, it's just kind of a sigh of relief where 
We get the monkey off the back with a couple big ones that happen near the end of the first quarter into the second quarter. Go ahead. We were one for six. One for to six. Start. Good okay. work. Then hit the next two to finish the first quarter to finish three of eight. And that was huge. And that helped us take a, a three-point lead at the end of the first quarter, that being uh, Northwestern. And then the second quarter, I mean, they just turned the dial big time. And I don't know how many times this year I've said second and third quarters for Northwestern that have been huge, especially coming out of the locker room in the third quarters. It was the same tonight where those were their best quarters offensively. Morris White, we knew it was going to be tough coming into the game. I mean, we talked about it. They're going to have to ignite everything from their defense. And what's the big question that you and I had? How much does Coach Grove and his staff push the envelope early? I give them credit. Yeah. They did. They were showing that bait you into the half-court line with three people on that side of the floor showing a press early in the ball game, And it did get Northwestern out of rhythm from time to time, but more times than not, as long as they got it a couple passes up the floor, they didn't even need to get across the timeline. They're like, all right, we got this, no sweat. And they ended the game with 11 turnovers and 11 assists, but for large portions of the ball game, it was plus four or plus five in the assist-to-turnover ratio. And they had a couple of them late that kind of made it more interesting, but Northwestern took exceptional care of the basketball, and especially impressive when you had underclassmen almost always as guards taking it up the floor and they weren't phased and they haven't really been all season long and so then for Morris it was like all right we got to be really really good in the half court and Wyatt it is so demoralizing I don't know how many times it happened where they forced Northwestern into a jump shot it's a good look don't get me wrong and again the Eagles made eight threes like I mentioned but they weren't great from downtown and time and time again especially in the second half especially in the third quarter where Wyatt Northwestern went into halftime in this ball game they were up by 17. Bam. 7-0 run for Morris. A buck 40 into the second half. Immediately, the Eagles answer back with a 7-0 run of their own and then go on a stretch where they outscore the Cougars by quite a bit to end the third quarter. But time and time again, getting back to my point, second chances. I mean, Northwestern wins the rebounding battle 44-23. to That is absurd. But 18, 18 offensive rebounds. Lexi Hagen had six of them alone. And when I was talking on the men's side about some of the best players, when I was speaking to Jax Madsen, I'll do it now here on the women's side, not Lexi's night at all. When you were looking to say, is this moment maybe a little big for some of them? And like you said, with Northwestern on the men's side, is it kind of deer in the headlights look a bit? And some of it's the defense, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it is just the moment. And you kind of see like they're not super comfortable. That was Lexi for long stretches. Now she got a couple to go in the third quarter to make it a little more respectable, but Still leading the way for Northwestern on the glass. Kept her affected in the game. She's done it so many times this year when her shot isn't there. She puts up 10 rebounds to lead the way for Northwestern. I'll stop rambling a lot, and I don't know if you have anything else, Matthew, but even you know, free throws, Eagles are dynamite up and down the lineup, um, taking advantage when, when Morris would foul him in that spot. Morris didn't get to the line nearly as much as they would have liked to, obviously. And it just felt like, Wyatt, if this game got to a place where the Eagles got a certain lead and comfortability, it was going to be really tough for Morris to come back in a game where they knew we can only get to a certain number and our defense has got to win them the game. And Northwestern really was comfortable ever since, you know, I don't know, halfway a little more than halfway through the second quarter. So, I don't know, before we hit on Morris's side of thing. Matthew, was there anything that stuck out to you? Because you saw the game from a different vantage point. I was much further away from the court than you were. Let's just put it that way. That's true, yes. <laughs> I was sitting right next to the court. Um, points off of turnovers. Northwestern, 16, Morris, 6. It's yep. a huge 
that was a big turning point, especially in that second quarter. Eight they nothing. can get out and run, yep, mm-hmm. in transition, yep. Um, that was one thing that stuck out to me stats-wise. It really felt like Northwestern was in control after Morris, like you mentioned, went on that 7-0 run to start the second half. Yeah. And then that was a question mark. It was like, okay, maybe this won't be Credit to them. As easy. They were ready to go out of the locker room, yep. But then Northwestern, like you mentioned, turned on the Jets, and that was kind of the moment that it seemed like it was over. And we talked about the depth wide is all handed over to you so much coming in. Can Morris match the Eagles depth? We know they have two good bench scores that have been great in the second half and Brown Otter and Red Thunder. 29 bench points for Northwestern. I mean, how many times have we said it this year? I mean, obviously it's a luxury to have someone like Megan McGow coming off the bench and then, you know, Terry and Hershey with what they're able to do as well. And even add in Pasternich with the few buckets she had. And then, oh, by the way, River Landers is now healthy again after being out for most of the second half of the season. She gets a couple buckets too. So, I don't know, you know, where to end it with Northwestern other than they're just deeper than anyone else is. And it's what I've said a few times this season, but it's a reality. They got to drop multiple levels down to their B, B minus level. And the opposition's got to be at an A, A plus level for them to have a chance to beat Northwestern. One thing quickly. Yeah. Shout out to Tariq Brown Otter for getting her thousandth point in her last career game. That was, that's a very cool moment that you're able to honor her for that. Yeah, I tuned in. Uh, there was a break in the other game right as that happened, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, you know, I saw people and the celebrating. Was confused and, and sounding like kind of dumb, <laughs> like what just went on. I think I, I heard this, but I didn't know what I heard. So I I wasn't even listening. I'm sorry. I uh, <laughs> kept kept yours muted and uh, had the other one on, so yeah. I knew when to turn back over to that tab. But uh, no, I I was confused because they were celebrating and they were losing. And I was trying to figure it out. I assumed it was something <laughs> like that, but uh, I did. It did puzzle me for a little bit because I wasn't watching the game. So uh, this is really all I have to say about this game from what I was able to watch. Again, it was a little bit more limited because I was so focused on the other one. But when I was watching, I agree, Ryan. I'm glad that they did push the envelope right away and they pressured. However, I think it backfired on them a little bit. And what I mean by that is there'd be possessions where not even just in the press, like in the front court or in the backcourt, but once they got to the front court, they're still flying around, you know, looking for opportunities to tip a pass. I mean, there's girls running all the way from one side of the court to the other. They would work really hard for long stretches of time, and Northwestern would still get a good shot at the end of it. So uh, all that running around almost backfired to a certain extent because they were trapping, being aggressive, extending. Northwestern was able to keep their composure enough and get really look good looks out of it. So I think that almost was unique in that aspect that I, I think it's what they needed to do, but at the same time, Northwestern handled it really well and got the looks they wanted to out of it. Other things that kind of stood out, things started to fall apart for him a little bit in the second quarter, and I don't know what the score is exactly, but Quate gets her second foul, and you know the play I'm talking about where it was almost like a screen was being set by Shook, and she did like the dribble handoff and Quate just kind of bumped into her and she fell. Yep. I don't agree with that call. I, I don't think that's a foul in that spot personally. I, I don't know what uh is supposed to do in that spot as a defender. That one's always irked me a little bit because she's just following the girl that she's guarding. It's not her fault that all of a sudden Shook got in the way. So that gave her two. And I, I know she came out later in the court. I don't know if it was right away. But she was the one that was really, you know, keeping them afloat for a long time in this game. So to lose her and then Northwestern kind of ends the half the way they did, that kind of turned things in their favor. So I didn't really like that call. That was a tough break for them. And then, like you guys mentioned, 
They start the half Sorry, on that quickly, run. Yeah. On that foul call, that was by far the most animated that Coach Grove was all game. Was he really? He, yes. He did not agree with that call. He's not a very he's not going to yell in the face of the official. That's not his personality, but he was not happy with that call. And I totally see why. I, my angle wasn't great to see what happened, but he and all of the Morris fans, that was the point where the they all started to get a little unhappy with the refs. Well, there had been a girl, couple. Girl, there, real... there, there had been a couple too, though, like leading up to that one. So there was a sequence where there was a lot of fouls called against them. Yes. I was just real quickly going to say, and for a girl, you know, we've talked about she was the defensive player of the year in the conference last season, and she was also their best offensive option tonight. So you mentioned the magnitude of that call, Wyatt, with your second foul in the first half. She was their best all-around player. So obviously mm-hmm. huge call. Yeah, and, and again, it's not like that determined the game by any means, but that definitely was a shift in, in, in the way things were going there in, in the second quarter. So that's a tough one for him, tough break. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and I did not know that uh, that was the case either. So I'm glad that me and Coach Grove agree on something because normally I pick against his teams and then, you know, they're using it as Baltimore. But, hey, this time I got his back. So I'm sure sure he'll appreciate that. But, uh yeah, and then like you guys said, I mean, Morris did start the third quarter strong, and I was thinking, okay, maybe there will be a little something. I turn over to the North Central game because they were a little bit behind, so then their second half started, so I started watching that one again. Next time I checked the game, like you guys said, Northwestern had extended the lead back, and I was like, what happened? Because I didn't see it, and I was like, holy cow, they just, they just brush it off their shoulders, and next thing you know, they're back up by 19 again, so... Really impressed by Northwestern and their ability to handle that. Even in the fourth, I don't think the game was ever in question, but Morris never gave up. They fought back. They went on a run right away again to start that quarter as well, but I don't think the game was ever in question in the fourth quarter. There may be, like you guys said, right away at the beginning of the third, been some, uh, you know, I guess a case could have been made that Morris could have came back in this game, but once Northwestern pushed that lead back up, it was pretty much over. And to your point, Ryan, it's at the point where Northwestern really does need to play down quite a bit, I feel like, for anybody to beat them. And obviously only one more team has that chance now in the championship on Sunday. But they're just on another level as far as the embarrassment of riches that they have, whether it's offensively, defensively, the depth, the different ways they can beat you. I didn't think Northwestern was all that overwhelming tonight, and they still won the game comfortably. So I think it says a lot about this team this year, and they got over the hump. They were able to win the semifinal game. Now they get to host a championship. Let's see what they do with it. That's the headline, I think, why it got over the hump and decided uh, I, I, to take I, some weight off. I thought you meant the entire thing. I just said, that's a long headline if, if you're rolling with all of it. But, uh, no, I agree. Yeah, and, you know, we'll talk about the championship matchup here in a moment, but is that maybe just the one where, okay, we finally were able to notch one. We can breathe a little bit, and they'll get ready, and they'll be focused for Sunday. Don't get me wrong, and there's more lyric left to do because if, you know, you win this game and then you have a disappointment again against North Central – in the tournament, in your own building, then they're going to forget about this one pretty quickly. So we'll, we'll get sure. to that one in a moment, obviously. But, yeah, for Morris Wyatt, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but since they joined the UMAC, they've always been in this position at the very least, losing in the first round. They have never not made the UMAC tournament so since joining the UMAC. It's not, I mean, no. that's, that's remarkable. It's not wow. easy, yeah, not easy to sustain that kind of success and time and time again they they find themselves in that spot so it says a lot about their program and again I think there's good things to come moving forward not the way they wanted their season to end by any means but what did I say coming into 
this uh, matchup, these games this weekend, I, I had mentioned on the preview, this one felt like the championship kind of game with, with these two teams in the seasons that they wow. had. And that didn't take away. Don't even show up Sunday. Not, Don't not trying Sunday. to take wow. away from the other two that competed today in North Central and Superior, which was a heck of a game in its own right. But I, I just felt like these two were probably the two best teams all around, especially coming into the year. We had them up near the top. So it was just fascinating yeah. to me that they were slated against each other in the semifinals. That's all I was trying to say. It was absolutely fascinating. That's, that's a good way to put it. And it's it's an interesting future for a Morris club where they had, you know, five big-name seniors who are now done. And they had a nice moment in the final minute where Coach Grove subbed them all out at the same time. And so Jay Quate, Ella Van Kempen, Haley Walschlager, um, Tariq Braunotter, and Grace Olson, I believe. I yeah. got those five correct, or the five who – won't be back for Morris. So those are those are some big names, big uh, shoes to fill for uh, the Cougars. All right, you ready to get to the other one? Let's do it. Point Blake, I'm just asking you. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys right right off the top. What? Uh, how much did you actually get to watch of of this one, if at all? Zero. Did you see any of it, either of you? No. The only stuff I heard was through Northwestern people after the game were keeping tabs on it, and then, you know, some Eagle players were still in the locker room after the game just watching because they, you know, wanted to see who they'd be playing next. But I've heard some things from you and others who were there that this was quite the finish, Wyatt. So you just lay it out. I'm, I'm sitting, and I'm uh, in the Lazy Boy, and I've just put the recliner up, put my feet up. Entertain me. So I, it's funny because it was, but to be honest, this game was rough. I mean, not not that it was I, – I, it's not a rock fight because the defense was good. A rock fight to me is where the offenses are just bad. That, that wasn't the case. I think the defense had a lot to do with that in this one, but neither of these teams could get anything going, any kind of a rhythm really right from the get-go. And again, a lot of it had to do with the defense, but finally – as the first quarter started to go on, Superior started to settle in a little bit. And they were doing to North Central exactly what they've done to teams this year with that pressure. They were getting them to make errant passes. They were throwing it all over the place. They looked like they didn't know what they were doing or how they were going to handle that. So give Superior a ton of credit. They get out to the lead early. It looks like they're in control. To be honest, I, I thought Superior was going to roll in this game after the first quarter. I just didn't see where North Central was going to score. They couldn't hit an outside shot. They were turning the ball over. There wasn't really a lot going their way they settled down in the second I think they rattled off eight straight points or an eight to two run to start the second quarter pulled within three and then Superior went on a little bit of a push at the end of the second able to take an eight point lead into halftime 25-17 and then the second half North Central they came out at halftime they were ready to go went on a big run they actually extended their lead up to seven points at one point in the third quarter they flipped it from an eight point deficit to a seven point lead specifically the way they were able to do it I think three players really stand out in this game it's the three we've talked about actually no I take that back there's four players I really want to mention in this one Uh, I'll get to the other one uh, a little bit later on here and and you'll know why when when I bring it up but Joella Talso did a great job distributing creating was able to make some shots when she needed to I think that uh, even though she struggled in this game to shoot, and apparently we've been saying her last name wrong all year, Ryan, according to the North Central announcers, it's Mabang, but apparently they were pronouncing it differently Mabinig tonight. Mabinig or something, don't Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how they Which, were pronouncing it. Which, how is that even it. possible? I don't know. I don't know. I like Mabang personally. I think it's <laughs> yeah, good because, it you know, especially when you knock down a three. But um, Wait, we're struggled. on North Central's website. They spell it differently in the box score than they do on the roster. So I don't know yeah, what's going says- on. It does have an extra A after. The <laughs> Speak end. into the mic. Speak <laughs> into the, the mic. 
between the N and the G. Is he speaking into the mic? He's quiet. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Between the N and the G (laughs) on their website, it's they've got another A. That hasn't that's, been there before. Well, that's besides the point, I guess. But I did want to bring that to our attention, Ryan, because we have been, I guess, saying it wrong. It's not our fault, but I don't know. At this point, we might as well just keep calling her Mia Bang. I mean, I, I don't know. We've we've rolled with it all year. Why not just keep it going? But anyway, the Bane's the Bane's from a Bane from downtown sound better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, and there wasn't many tonight from her, but she hit a big one in this game. In the second half, she continued to shoot and was able to knock that one down. So I thought I, I was impressed with her, and she, she does a lot for this team outside of scoring as well, as does Telso. So I was impressed with those two. And then, honestly, somebody who probably won't get enough attention, and this is why it's so much more than just a box score, Caitlin Vanderplug only played 18 minutes, but when she was on the court, Ryan, she was highly effective. And I know she only had five rebounds, but she was really controlling the paint in this game. We mentioned Superior. Everybody has to rebound. They're a little bit undersized. Vanderplug was a big reason why they struggled to do much offensively at times so, in this game. So did she get hurt or something from what you saw? Because, yeah, she I'm just had, trying to add this up, too. Why did she not play more? Well, she had some foul concerns with the three fouls, and they also were rolling quite a bit with Hines, who did make a couple of big threes in this game. So they let her play, and then Hola came off the bench as well and, and got some extended minutes that we're not normally used to seeing. I don't know if Coach Zablo was just feeling that rotation, or sure. if that's what she wanted to roll with. But, yeah, I, like I said, 18 minutes, not a lot. I actually was impressed with her, though, in the 18 minutes that she did play. So I, I thought she did well. And uh, th- there was a lot of good bench production, too. And even their announcers from North Central, which that's a whole nother story as far as some of the commentary they were giving tonight. But they, they were impressed with some of the subbing and the bench uh, production as well and, and the timing of it, which I would agree with. I, I thought they got the production they needed from the bench at the right time. So all that to be said, I was really impressed with those three. I'll get to the fourth one here in a moment. But as this game wore on, we get into the fourth. It really seemed like it was going to be too much for Superior to come back from. Kayleen Christian literally put this team on her back. She hit three threes in the final couple of minutes in this game. It was basically her and Talso just trading buckets. Talso had a couple of and ones. And back and forth, we go lead change after lead change in the final minutes. It literally looked like superior and it looked like Christian wasn't going to allow them to lose this game I was so impressed with her down the stretch I mean they were even up on her trying to make sure she couldn't get the ball and she was still able to get the ball in positions make deep range threes do whatever she had to do to try and get this team a win so really impressed with her it was really fun down the stretch crazy finish so North Central ends up getting a stop It, it went in and out like this thing when I say in and out all the way around Ryan, like multiple times, and, and then yeah. fell off. I thought for sure it was going to drop, and I can't remember who shot it. I'd have to go to the play-by-play, Wasn't but it, it was like in from I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Yep. And no, she drove to the rim though, so like she had it in the corner, and then she attacked the basket and put up like a oh, little jumper, right. and that's yeah. the one that spun around. So then, when that happens, they foul with like two seconds left. They're down one. Uh, on the other end, they split the pair. Remember, women's basketball, you can advance the ball. And Superior still had a timeout, so they take the timeout. They advance it all the way up to the court, so they got two seconds to get a shot off here. They got a decent look for Dobson. They got her the ball. She took one dribble into the corner. Think Bronson Caning, Wisconsin Xavier, a little fadeaway in the corner for the win. Don't remind me of that game. Gosh. Problem is the I shot came up game. short, though. The problem <laughs> is the shot came up short. She didn't hit it, so she she left it just short. It was online. It was a good good look, all things considered. Really tough loss for Superior. You know, you feel for them. They fought hard in this game. 
really fun game to watch. And like I said, I should say the second half, first half, maybe not so much. If I'm just being honest, they, the offenses were tough to come by and the second half, it was a lot of fun. The final couple minutes in this game, back and forth, just tremendous. And uh, North Central deserves a lot of credit. And a big reason why, the one I haven't mentioned yet, Bryceland Brewster was flying around out there. She's not one that really scores for them, but her defensive presence was huge in this game and late in this game too, especially the last couple possessions after Christian Head lit him up. They put her on her. And she did a great job of trying to deny the ball, make life tough for her. So I was impressed with her. She kept a possession alive late in the game, too, with an offensive rebound, which was crucial. She had two of them in the game. So she she did a lot of good in this game. So she deserves a shout-out, played 37 minutes, did a lot for this team. And then Superior, the last thing I'll say on them before I'll turn it over to you for any comments. I know you didn't watch the game. Way too many turnovers, and, uh, you know, they traveled, like, seven or eight times in this game where they just, like, would catch the ball, and they just travel. Like, before they went to dribble, they would move their pivot foot. It was the weirdest thing, and, you know, the announcers weren't wrong, but they kept on, uh, you know, they kept saying the cliche. They're like, oh, they're planning a trip with all these travels. I mean, where are they going? I think they're planning for the national <laughs> tournament, but guess what? They got to take care of business here, and they said it, like, five oh. times. That's, that's beside the point, but... You know, they weren't wrong to a certain extent because there was so many turnovers that they had that they could have, t- uh, you know, they'd like to have back. If they could have had one more possession, a game like that, that's all it takes. And they had 21 turnovers in this game. So I'm sure that's what they're kicking themselves about. Uh, and I'm sure that's something that Coach Carpenter is going to be looking at for a long time. Great season for him, all things considered. Tough way to go out. But uh, yeah, heck of a basketball game. A lot more drama in this one than you had there at the uh, Erickson Center, that's for sure. Two things quickly. First of all, the North Central stat still says Mabang on it, so you don't have to feel too bad about that. That's what we're going with at this point. (laughs) Yep. Second thing, Kaylin Christian had all four of her threes in the final 647. See, and I I must have missed one, I guess, because I knew she made three of them. I watched the three, like boom, boom, boom. It was remarkable. And uh, I guess she had a fourth one in there as well. But yeah, I, I, she literally took the team on her back. It was it was inspirational. I tell you, I'm over here getting choked up just thinking about it. What an unbelievable performance! And uh, that's that's something. I mean, Coach Carpenter mentioned us, right? I mean, she played with Christian, and so she knew she could trust yeah. her in, in those moments. Basically, handed her the keys to the car and let her drive, and she almost was able to get it done for him. Literally, did everything she could. They just could not quite get enough, though. In only 23 minutes. Yeah, which I guess, again, I was flipping back and forth, so I didn't always yeah, didn't notice who was. Foul. Yeah, so I, what, I, I didn't always doing? notice who was on the court and who wasn't, I guess. Uh, I know Olsen played 24 off the bench. She ended up fouling out in this game. Um, but, again, I, I, I don't know for sure what the deal was with the substitutions. When, when I'm flipping back and forth, I can't always keep a track of, of that necessarily. So hard, hard to say for sure. Well, and like you mentioned, Matthew, I mean, there's some context to that. Okay, you removed the four threes that she made in the last six minutes. You know, it was she not her best game. Then, yeah, zero four from deep, and then if you take off the four, she could have started one of fifteen from the field. So she could have just not been playing a lot because she couldn't hit any shots. So they had to go with some other rotation, I guess. So yeah, she definitely wasn't efficient early in this game by any means. But to be quite frank, nobody was. I mean, like I yeah. said, it was it, it was tough at times to watch because nobody could score. Like. It, we we had a combined forty two points at halftime in this game. Like so, so you know I, 
I always hesitate to use the term rock fight. Would I know. it be fair to say that in this game? No, uh, see, to is me, like harsh? I said, like I said, a rock fight is where the offenses are just terrible. I, I don't necessarily okay. think that was the case. I think the defense had something to do with it. So I guess I don't want to call it a rock fight. I need another term for it though, and I'm I'm having so a So it's a tug time. of war. Sure. A defensive struggle. That works, I guess. It's the kind of I'll game think you of think of. Term. You yeah. think of like a Wisconsin versus a Virginia. Like if they were to meet yes. in the NCAA tournament, this is exactly oh, the kind of game I picture with those two. Oh, man. Not Over a chance. under 90 Not a points chance. in the that, I love March Madness. That might be a game <laughs> I actually don't watch. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but that, that might be yeah. the matchup that does it for me. Well, according to you, you just remember all these great Wisconsin moments in the tournament. Bronson Koenig and Sam Decker, you're just naming them left and right. You so didn't, just keep throwing you them out didn't there. appreciate seeing Bill Murray sad on the Xavier bench. No, after I the wanted shot Xavier to win, win Wyatt. On. I wanted Xavier to win. Believe it or not, I didn't want Wisconsin to win. X going to give it to you. <laughs> Did you have something? Yeah, sir? I just wanted to check something. At the beginning of the year, uh, yes, it's still listed on the website that Emily Carpenter is the interim head coach. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is, is yes. this yes. season the enough is to yes. remove the interim tag and the name well, of the it depends I on think you coach. have to lock her up for the next five years and get her to some serious dough to keep her there. Because I think her name is going to be big time buzz. See what I did there? Wow. In the offseason with other clubs trying to poach her with what she's done. She's only going to get better. She's like, she was, I think she's 24 or 25. She's super young. Why wouldn't she? And if she doesn't, Man, I'm going to have to call some people and figure out what's going on. Wyatt, what say you? Did, has she done enough, Wyatt? Well, she's absolutely done enough, but does she want it, which I think she does. I mean, based on everything that we know and when we had our conversation with her. But, I again, they, they went into this approach knowing that they needed somebody for this year. So I, I don't know where they're at or what their mindset is. I, I think so. I, I think she's done enough, and I would have no problem if she got it full time. But, again, I don't know. If they told her regardless of what happened, this was a one-year thing, or I, I don't know where they're at, I guess. I think we need a decision. We don't the next make month. we don't like, make demands. No, 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 no. <laughs> not we. I'm speaking as a collective people who follow the UMAC who aren't directly affiliated with the Jackets. Here's our request. Make the decision within a month, do the right thing, and hand her the keys. Come on. They should make like an announcement when it does happen. Like, yeah. do a press conference, do it all over again. Like she's just she's just joining, make it a big deal. Announcing our new head coach, Emily yeah. Carpenter. Yeah, do a whole bit. Yeah. Even though she's been get, our head coach. Get for her a year. on the Eye of the Swarm podcast so I can listen to that, have her sit down with John and Matt. Yeah, let's do uh, it. I'll tell you this much right now, and not to get down another rabbit hole, but I'll take her over Ben Johnson any day. If she wants to oh. come coach for the Gophers, I'm all oh, for it right fired. now. I don't even think Superior would take Ben Johnson. Johnson right now. Wow. <laughs> you guys are laughing. I'm kind of serious. Like I wouldn't hire him. Are you kidding me? If you're asking me, let's put it this way. If you're asking me if I want coach gross at Northwestern or Ben Johnson right now, I'm taking coach gross. And, and you're let's still go laughing, down the line. But how many guys would you take over Johnson? There's, there's, well, I don't want to sing. Sit, 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 uh, I can't think of the word now single out single out exactly i don't want to single out anybody because i mean that's that's tough if i'm picking ben johnson over you that's that's tough so i I don't want to go that far let's just put it this way there's very few yeah and uh there's some dennis evans stuff going on that we got to talk about later off the mic and that's uh unfortunate for next year but yeah i mean back to this game at hand that we're talking about here i mean shout out to north central at least that they had two announcers normally i haven't heard two announcers on their broadcast they had two 
Yeah, I I don't know if it's a shout out worthy thing. Though, <laughs> wow. Being okay. Hey, like, at least they had sound because there was another big did. game tonight where okay. there was no sound. Here's so. the deal. You're right, and, and I understand why why you're saying that. The reason I'm so highly critical of what happened over there at Clark Danielson is that they literally had multiple times where all of a sudden the camera would go out, and, and like oh, there'd be no. a stretch where you couldn't see what was going on or what was happening. And, like, there would be a time or two they were, like, yelling into the mic as well <laughs> after, like, an and one or something. And one of the times the screen yeah. went black after they did. So I don't know if they, like, <laughs> knocked something or bumped something because they were so excited or what happened. But happened multiple times. And it's inexcusable for this big of a moment, in my opinion. People want to watch the uh, game, especially when it's coming yeah. down the stretch. It happened with, like, three minutes left. Uh, <laughs> it can't happen. So I was very highly critical of that. And that's why I say it was the Eagle Sports Network what Superior had going on, I think it's called like iFan is what they the had I going fans, on there. Yes. I'll take them number two from tonight. Bethany's number three, even with the sound issues. I think they did get somebody back on like broadcasting like in the second half. I, I oh, think did I they? did hear a voice at some point. Um, again, I wasn't really tuning in that much to it because of the Northwestern yeah. game. But yep. I'll give them number three just because they didn't have any issues with ever having to cut away and the video was clear. Yeah, North Central's a four for me and it's... Uh, it's it's a tough scene over there. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, as far as Superior, I mean, just real quickly on them before we talk about North Central and then the championship because uh, we're we're getting late here and and we, we appreciate are. But those hey, no work, no work tomorrow. Us. It's Saturday, Ryan. So. No work, and we only get to do this once. So that's what I say. But some people are listening to this. If you're still hanging on, uh, shoot us an email. So we'll give you some brownie points or something. I mean, we'll we'll make this major kudos. You know, yeah, major major kudos to you for sure. To this two hour long podcast, it'll be. I, I mean, what a finish to the season for Superior Wyatt with what we were talking about with them after they had a hot start to conference play and then they went on that skid and we're looking at the rest of their schedule and we're saying they're going to have to work really hard to get into the postseason. Then who knows what happens from there? I know it didn't end the way they would have liked it to, but again, yeah, I I don't know what else you can say about coach Carpenter. I mean, legitimately, I mean, she's, she could, I'm not sure exactly how old she is, but you know, She's younger than some people younger. who are still in their collegiate experience. She may be younger than myself, even. I don't. Right, I don't know I'm pretty exactly, sure she's but... younger than both of us. I, yeah, we were calling her. We were calling her games when we were in school. Yeah, so which that's bizarre to think of. Yeah. It is. I mean, like we said, she played with one of the girls on her team this year that she's coaching. I mean, this is like a Jawan which... Howard situation or something. <laughs> Yeah, we, let's just keep dropping names of Big Ten coaches. We got Ben Johnson, Juwan Howard, Chris Holtman about to be fired. Could he coach in the UMAC? Did, Maybe? You, no. did you see the Ohio State sequence where they were down four and there's like 25 seconds left, but for whatever reason, they thought they needed a three. So like they took like six threes at the end of the game. They kept getting the offensive rebound and dribbling out to the three-point line and shooting a three. It's the craziest thing ever. You'll have to look it up if you haven't seen it. Sorry, was I'll let you go week? on now. I know they that played was, Penn State earlier this I'm week. I'm going to look it up right now while you finish your thoughts so sure. that I don't forget. I'm going to send it to both of you, and you can watch it. It's the craziest thing ever. All right, back uh, off the rabbit trail if we can do so. But, yeah, my question with Christian, she could come back, I think, with her COVID year. So I think this was her, like, first senior year, if that makes sense. But in this sure. day and age in college basketball, I can't figure out anything for the life of me anymore. I hope she comes back. I mean, because they're building something, and she's one of the better players, and it would be fun to see her come back for another season and see what she can do in one last ride. And if Superior maybe can get back to UMAC Championship, who knows? But, yeah, they got a lot of young pieces that are nice moving forward. You don't like the way that it ended, but 
you know, I don't think you can be too disappointed other than the fact that down the stretch, I mean, they had, you know, multiple opportunities to potentially win the game and one were unable to do so, excuse me. But how about this for two, you know, first-year head coaches with their program? Again, like we mentioned earlier this week on the podcast, Coach Zabla was most recently at Crown, but two totally different scenarios. You got Coach Groves, Coach Groves, excuse me, Coach Call, my apologies, and Coach Grove, who both are easily over a decade coaching, and then you got these two their first year with the program and so now you're going to see obviously north central against northwestern again in that spot but yeah looking forward to seeing what the jackets can do in the future and uh north central job well done but i think the main thing why is we move over to the championship contest i'm on board with that yeah no i i'm on board with that if you're ready to as well yeah uh you made me go first on the men's side so i'm gonna make you go first as well and actually quickly bauman just on the women's side you said you wanted to touch on it what were the score predictions and did we get the picks right Wow, it's like you're sitting next to me. He's, I was he ready had his for hand it. raised waiting for Okay, yeah. Wyatt, first of all, major kudos oh. on the Northwestern Morris game. You picked the final score to be 68-59 and oh. 68-55. Wow. Well done. That would have well been done, that would have been nuts if I would have had it right on. I appreciate that, guys. You would have bought a lotto ticket in yeah, an hour if that was. No. <laughs> Hopefully you wouldn't. Wyatt, don't spend your money that way. Anyway, you, moving I, on. Uh, well, you know what they say, Ryan. You know what they say. 90% of gamblers no. quit before their biggest win. <laughs> Gotta keep you going. know what they also say, Wyatt? What you have told me is uh, you're trying to save money at this time for some that reason instead well, of spending Well, I am. It. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not going and buying a lottery ticket. It was a joke. Don't worry. But uh, anyways, what what was Ryan's on that one? Ryan's for the Northwestern Morris game was 73-65. Okay. It's a little okay. bit too high. And, and we both for had the right team. North, correct. Yeah. Yep. For North Central Superior, you, you both picked North Central. But Way to go, Wyatt. Ryan Four this time was closer. Hmm. Ryan had 59-55 when the final score was 52-50. And Wyatt had 62-50. So, okay. Not too bad. Three for four on the weekend for both of you. So, oh, yeah, because he had superior weight. That's a, that's a 75% success rate. That's good work. No, Ryan, we both we both picked every game the same. I didn't have superior yeah. winning. Oh, you, you said the total number. I was, we were I was both, screwed up there. On we the were four games, three we were for three four and four. On the four I got you. Yeah, I got I you. Got yep, you. yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. I, and like I said, I mean, the, the game that we got wrong was the one I thought was the most compelling as far as like 50-50 goes. And, you know, yep. it, it turned out to be the case. Both those teams, you know, great teams. So it, it is what it is. But anyways, championship on the women's side. You go first. What do you got for me? I have a question for you first before I get what? to my, you know, logic with this one. <laughs> like I was getting to it a second ago. How many more notches? Does North Central have to raise their level versus what you saw tonight on the stream and watching that game to have a chance in the final five minutes to beat Northwestern? I mean, let, let's just, you know, hypothetically, if you want to say, yeah, they were at a 6.5 out well, of 10 or whatever that's, it was. That's what I was going to ask you is how many notches are there exactly in this hypothetical well, question? You know, I don't know if we're talking about like notches in a bowl, in a, in a belt, whatever excuse you me, want. or if we're talking, whatever you want. You make up the scale. 10-point scale, 100-point scale, if a belt, like, or whatever you want. If we're doing, like, notches in a belt where, you know, yeah. you have, like, and I'm assuming a notch is, like, the I don't even know. It's where you, like, tie the belt, right? Where you, you put the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? What, how far do you go before you put the pin in wire? Yeah, basically? that's what that's what I mean. So, 
You know those old baseball belts where, like, you could, like, I didn't play baseball, so you I didn't. I am well aware of them. <laughs> you know the baseball belts where you could, like, make your own notch, like, farther yes. down? Yeah, that's what they need to do. They they need to go all the way. They got to go farther than the notches that are there, to be completely honest right now. So I hope that metaphor hit at least with Bauman, and he knows what I'm talking about, because they were not were not good enough tonight to go and beat Northwestern. And quite frankly, I don't know if they're capable. I, I hate to say that. But Northwestern, like we've said, Ryan, is just on another level at times. So w- what are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I, you know, they definitely need to turn the dial. If they're sitting in the room at a comfortable 68, I mean, they got to be sweating and put in a sauna on Sunday. They got to turn it to like 77 degrees and then 68. see what happens at that point. Wow. That sounds pretty good. I have for a sauna. No, no, no. 77 would be the sauna. I said to turn it to. You can make it more than that. It's like, I guess it's a little bit cooler up here. It's like 20 below outside and you have the temperature set at 68. Are you insane? My brother and I, where we live, have it set at 68. That's oh like, that's like our normal. And we'll turn on the heat now and again if we have to. But otherwise, that's where I'm, it's set. I'm curious, Bauman. I don't know where your living situation is right now at the moment. Do you have control of the thermostat, though? I mean, there are five of us. And you what's it, it. what's it set on? 68 there we go in the world is wrong with you two (laughs) i guess i'm in the minority here uh it's interesting to save energy i might be crazy i actually turn it off completely when i leave for work so when i get back to my apartment i've told ryan this before i've done this when i go like down to my parents house in the cities for the weekend i'll turn it off sometimes i came back once and it was at like 48 because (laughs) i i left it off the entire weekend and it was like freezing so I've since quit doing that. But uh, if I were to, like, stay here all day for an entire day, I keep it set on 70. Okay. Mm. So we're at 68. We're not, not that, that preposterous. No, it's not. I was just surprised. I've rarely heard 68, though. So I don't know. I was a little curious oh. about that. So they got to turn it up to 77, though. How do they do that, Ryan? Yeah. Um, wow, what a question that is. I got to be careful, Wyatt, because we were in a similar position a season ago. And yeah. there were lots of eggs thrown at my forehead, and I was cleaning it up for a long time. Because it, rightfully so. I mean, I there are very few times, if ever, that I have felt that you know blindsided and totally wrong about what I thought was going to happen walking into the Erickson Center on the Northwestern St. Paul campus versus what actually was the reality to compare with the expectation. Two totally different teams, though, a season ago for North Central. There's no DeGiorgio. There's no Hagstrom. There's no Aubrey Robinson. There's no Khadija Conte. I, I could go down the line more. For Northwestern, there's no uh, Pop, Lund, uh, Ide. Uh, so so many players from that game who were in starting roles are not there anymore. Yeah. Two totally different teams, but they meet again. Instead of a semi, it's for all the marbles. Mini versus Paul on a Sunday afternoon. There are no excuses. First off, UNW Nation, got to do better. Tonight, not great. Should have been more. Sorry, there should have been more. It was decent. Got to be more. No excuses. Especially with North Central down the road, you know they're going to bring some people. Matthew, help me out here. We got to have near to a full building. I know normally on these weekends, it's the men's squad in a final. But they have finally gotten the monkey off the back, like we said. Northwestern is finally in a final. It's the only thing going on. It's probably not going to match the level of Northwestern crown on that Sunday last year on the men's Uh, side, but come on, can we make it at least close to a sellout? Is that unreasonable? Is that unreasonable? No, not at all. Unfortunately for you. Okay. You said that North central down the road. Um, if you look at the Northwestern box score, first of all, 
we put the attendance tonight at a sad <laughs> 214. I and that, that was like maybe even over, I, overestimating? No, I feel like 214, you've given me some grief for how we do take attendance, which is how everybody takes attendance when you don't have a ticketing app that tells you how many tickets you sold. And... I feel like 214 was about right. Might be actually be a little bit under what it was. Mm. I feel like we underestimated. But if you take a gander at the North Central box score, you will notice that it was even sadder. Oh, they wow. have 125. Their gym's not nearly as big. I well, understand. Yeah, understand. hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. As somebody who watched the game, it was packed in there. Oh, okay. It, okay. It, it was full, but part of that was, and I hate to say it, North Central, a lot of Superior fans, by the looks of it, made the trip. So they, they filled up a good portion mm. as well. But I don't know what their gym seats, but it was a good atmosphere. So let's, let's okay. not harp on That's them good too to know. much. That is yep. good. That is good. Okay, their attendance number didn't tell me that. Um, but, yes, there should there is no reason why we can't get at least six or 700 people in there on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what the number is uh, on the paper when we we take a look at that. Yeah, you'll have to take a look. I don't know who's going to do it. No, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So, like we were talking about, wide. I mean, that's the main thing is can they get to a level where they can be in a spot? I was totally wrong about this last year in this matchup, but we got a different coach for them, so many different players. It feels like is this even more so than what we were saying last year? Because last year there was still a path. We just so much throughout the season hadn't seen it happen, and that's, I guess, what you can say I was fooled by. And then on the other side where Northwestern literally played one of their, if not their worst game of the season on that night. Just nothing went right, and give credit to North Central. I don't need to talk about that game from last year so much. But I, I do think about it. In this one, though, it just feels like, you know, the conversation we've had before about the Jimmies and Joes. I, Northwestern just has more of them than North Central has. And we talk about matching depth when we looked at the matchup between Morris and Northwestern that took place tonight. It's a similar conversation with North Central. I mean, you look back, they made a push against Northwestern down the stretch when the Eagles played them the first time this season inside of the Erickson Center, that one taking place back on the 7th of January. Eagles won by nine, but it was closer than that. They made some free throws down the stretch, went 73-64. The last time, though, Wyatt, you remember this one. It was the only game of that weekend. Both teams had all the time in the world to prep. The game was virtually over at halftime. Yeah. Like, sorry, Rams fans, it just was. Northwestern was up by 15. They won the game by 33. I, it, it was never close. And this was where Megan McGow really, speaking of turning the dial, started to turn the dial. She was at like a cool 63 degrees earlier on this season. She's trying to get back into the thick of things. She's easily above 70 degrees now, and she's trying to finish near 80 by the time things are all said and done with as she comes back is, for her is, fifth year. Is, is 80 the limit, or what's the limit? Yeah, because at some point, I mean, the thermostat's just going to break because it's going to be way Fair too enough. hot. I mean, how how high can you even turn that thing up? I, I don't think we want to find out. Let's not basically. find out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. be bad. So that's the biggest question, Wyatt. I mean, what path would there be if there was a path? Is it showing some pressure and turning over Northwestern a ton and having a, a good shooting performance if you're North Central and finding a way to, you know, stay competitive on the glass? I, I don't know what, what the path looks like exactly, but when we said how much better they have to be, especially offensively, and give credit to Superior, you can argue they're playing better defense than anyone else in the UMAC, especially down the stretch, especially on-ball defense, what they do. They make it tough on you. But especially when you look at, you mentioned Maya Mabane. She did some nice things late, but she's got to do better than one of 11 from the field. Joel Telso is going to have to be big clearly from deep. 
and then you can't afford someone like Caitlin Vanderplug getting in foul trouble. There's just so many things that have to go right for them to get into a place where they are in this game down the stretch. And that's really most of what I have to say before making a prediction. And I'll, I'll let you add anything before we lock those in. I really don't have much to say on this one, Ryan. You, you mentioned what do they need to do? What are the slight possibilities of uh, them maybe pulling the upset or staying in this game? I just don't see a lot of options for them. I, I really don't. I, I think they're going to struggle in this one. And uh, I, I just, it would almost be more on Northwestern just not showing up than anything, I think, if North Central was to win this game, quite frankly. Yeah, and that sounds like hard truth. And for Rams fans listening, you can call it disrespect all you want. And if it happens again, I mean, buy your eggs and find me and throw them at my forehead and let's do this wow. whole thing I mean, over again. <laughs> not me. You can throw them at Ryan. I don't want you hey, throwing any eggs at me. guess what? But... You're, you're hiding up north. They're not going to go drive up there to find you. That's so, true. If they do, kidding, if they but... do, then I'll, I will take it willingly. That's, that's a good point. If they want to come up visit me up here in Crookston, I'm all for it. There you go, Rams fans. Uh, there it is. So. I'll, uh, I'll let you make your score prediction first. Oh, hold on a second. You got to go first. You said I, I have first. to. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Right. What? Why do you always turn it back to... on me? You well, got to go I'm first. I'm just trying to always defer. That's what I do. All right. So, like I said, they won by more than 30 the last time. It was closer, though, when it was inside of the Erickson Center. I, For the record, I don't think they're going to win by 30 again. Could it happen? Sure. It's possible. I think Northwestern does even a little more offensively than they did tonight not that tonight was a bad performance by any stretch of the imagination but I think Lexi Hagan's going to have a better game I think it's huge for her to be playing now in a championship and it almost feels like in some ways as crazy as this sounds why the weight is off of Northwestern just a little bit it's a championship you got to be ready to roll and all that and it's a totally new group of girls on this squad but for someone like Megan McGow you think of her can she had the cherry on top for coming back for her fifth season her and Hagan are who I'm watching I think they both have Big-time performances, and the bench continues to perform for Northwestern. They're going to go north of 70 this time. They're going to win this ball game, 74-61, to 61, and it'll be comfortable, and they'll be up by double digits in the second half. And, yeah, I don't see this one being tight down the stretch. I hope it's a great ball game, and I hope there's a lot of fans in the stands and that it is worthy of a UMAC championship tilt. Here's all I'll say. I'm not one to judge parents on how they raise their kids. Well, where's this going? <laughs> but if you, we could get to a point in the second half of this game where if you're still letting your kids watch, I might give you a look or something because it could be all Eagles and it could get ugly. And I don't think it's going to be that close, to be honest. And I'm sorry, Rams fans, but Northwestern is just the flat out better team here. I mean, you know, in, in football, for instance, big people move little people. Uh, I mean, there's there's a mismatch. I don't know what the so this right is like term Georgia would be playing for... who your dogs are playing like Vanderbilt. I mean, what's going on? Well, I mean, we saw what happened to TCU <laughs> the national championship. Whoa, I mean, is that is that too far of a stretch? Everybody <laughs> thought they were going to be the underdog and that got shut up really quick. I'll go. Seventy three. To fifty-two. North. That's very plausible. Yeah. I I honestly think they're going to run away with it. I think maybe if North Central comes out and makes some shots early, that's the only way they have to hit some outside shots early, and they got to do whatever they can to keep this a close game or even get a lead. You have to do something to try and get them uncomfortable right away. Because if you don't, and Northwestern does settle into a lead, kind of like what happened tonight against Morris, 
there's no way you're playing catch up and winning this game. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think Northwestern gets a lead. They just build off of it. They're way too much. Their depth, their balance, which we just praise time and time again, will once again come through. And they'll be cutting down the nylon and uh, they'll be going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, what a scene that would be uh, for Northwestern to do it at home. They've done it so many times on the men's side and cool opportunity for them on the women's side of things. I mean, that's, I think, the big question in this. What number does North Central have to hold Northwestern to to give their offense a chance? I mean, 55, 60? No more than 65 for no, sure. I no think more, yeah. Like, no no more than 65. I, I agree. I would even say 60 is starting to push it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Bauman, do you want to make a prediction? I mean, you're giving me all these looks and what I know you're setting up for the next thing we're going to do, but yeah, I mean, I made predictions of what I thought your scores were going to be. Oh, and so that's okay. what my faces were about. <laughs> and I almost nailed both of them. I picked that Wyatt would have a 21 point win. Oh, and which is what he said. Uh, but I thought it was gonna be a little bit high more higher scoring. 80 59 is what I thought he was going to say. 21 points. So I'll take it. And I thought that Ryan would, Ryan would say 78-61 when he said 74-61. Oh, so I was just kind of giving myself that's a little kudos there. It's my celebration. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me be clear. I think it's comfortable for Northwestern, and it's kind of similar to the last time where North Central, you know, makes a late push, even though they're not really in it much. And it's all it's never in doubt for Northwestern, even though they win by 13 or whatever I said. So. Also, yeah. I can't make – I'm like Kirk Herbstreit here. Yeah. As a person who's sitting mm. at the table, yeah, I'm tough. an impartial observer of the yeah. championship game on Sunday, so I don't think I can make a prediction in well, good conscience. Kirk broadcasts the games and doesn't make a prediction. I just broke Kirk's rule. So Yeah, which we've talked about before on this <laughs> podcast, Ryan, and I've said you got to be careful and protect yourself. I just hope you do a better job calling the game than Kirk does. No, Kirk does good in college, wow. I should say. Wow. I don't like Kirk when he's sitting next to hey. Al Michaels in the booth and they're singing each other's praises. But uh, other than that. You know what I will say, Wyatt, speaking of Kirk Herbstreet? Yeah. He's one of the best color guys in the biz. And I, I wish agree. I had a color person on Call. Sunday. It's not happening. I'm going to miss you there. It's not I'm, I'm going to miss you there. Come on, I, I know you're not. I'm just I'm just genuinely saying. We it made was a it ton work. of fun last year in the yeah, UMAC no, final. It, I'm going to miss you there. I appreciate that. I'm glad we could make it work last year. I thought about coming home this weekend, actually, because Stuart's playing tennis. But uh, Do it. Gonna, They're playing Scholastica. Be, you could I leave could, as soon as we're done with this. Yeah, no, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> See, when I said you guys don't have to work tomorrow, I did not include myself in, in that category. So it's not going to work out, uh, but I'll be watching from afar on Sunday, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So it was a lot of fun. I agree, and I do agree, by the way. Kirk Herbstreit, he, he is good at college. I just didn't like the experiment. He's better with, with Fowler. Yep. Which Fowler yep. makes everybody better. So that's, that's another story, but anyways. Yep. All right, Wyatt, with that, or Bauman, does anyone else have any final comments? I mean, we're looking forward to Sunday, and I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm Silence. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say I should have just cut it off we're right at that there point. and click, click the end. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm good. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Appreciate everything you did throughout the year as usual and for coming on here and uh, chatting it up with us. And, uh, yeah, Ryan is always good work. And if anybody does want to uh, – Get involved, as always. The email is uaotheumac at gmail.com. You can also go to our Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC, and uh, you can find us there as well. Also, this is a great way to end it off. I just noticed today, as I was looking, huge shout-out to the fans. We have eclipsed 10,000 downloads. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I never would have thought we'd get there this soon when we started this uh, 
last year. So pretty cool stuff. Any touching words you want to add to that, Ryan? Well, I'll just say, you know, the clapping that we had in the studio was not for ourselves. That was for you, the listener, because we could Mm -hmm. not do this without you, and we wouldn't want to do it without you. And so so I kind of clapped for myself then. You said it wasn't. Because I was 91 of those, 92 of those. I appreciate that. You know yeah. exactly. I, oh, because you've downloaded every one. I've looked okay. up, downloaded all 92. <laughs> so I, I appreciate it. it. Yeah. What's, what's the platform that you're using? Overcast. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. What's the platform you use, Wyatt? Undercast? <laughs> Is that a thing or did you just? I, no. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I didn't Maybe. think it was. There's I'm so just many an, podcast platforms out there. I don't know. Well, I'm an Apple guy, so I, I oh, just, okay. that's just, that's what yeah. comes with the iPhone. I know you're not Feed an iPhone beast. guy, so Feed yeah. the beast. Your yeah. Android, your green, can... <laughs> your green text messages that I get all the time. But I can listen to you at 2.0 speed and overcast. That's, that's why this. you do it, yeah. Get through this two-hour and eighteen-line <laughs> podcast in a little um, so, you know, over an hour. Some people may have to go to three times. Speed. Yeah, no, quite honestly, sure. if anyone's listening right now and you've gotten to this point, you've listened to the whole thing. I mean, let us know. Shout us out. We'll, we'll find some way to thank you in in some capacity because this is this is borderline ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't I don't know I sometimes how to do this in less in less amount. Why, why do you disagree? Because the part of my take guys go for like. Two hours every single episode. I mean, for crying out loud. And we don't loud. record as many times as they do. No, Three times exactly. A week. I mean, I don't think this is this warranted the conversation. And sure, not everybody's going to find the entire two hours, you know, that compelling. But there's something in here for everybody. So are you Big Cat or are you PFT? And, and then which one am I in this hypothetical? That's a good question. Um <laughs> To be honest, I've never really – I follow Big Cat more so, like, on Twitter. I don't personally follow him, but his tweets always somehow end up in my feed. So, like, <laughs> I'll say I'm Big Cat, I guess, and you can be okay. you can be PFT. Although, does he drink coffee? Like, Big, Big Cat's, Cat's huge, huge on it. I know, guy. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Does the other one uh... – It's not really a great comparison for us. we got to find no, a different not. duo. <laughs> no, you, no, you are not like them at all. I will say, I don't want to give a shout-out to another pod, but when they have John Rothstein on for their March Madness preview – Must listen. That is, a must, that is a must listen. That is that is yep. golden stuff. So, We've already shouted out John a bunch. I mean, why not do it one more time? Hey, he's probably the most shouted out person in the podcast. And rightfully so. He was at a party the other night with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Are you Hugh, kidding? Hugh Hefner or whoever. And uh, he said uh, they, too, can't believe how quickly Minnesota has fallen apart with Ben Johnson <laughs> he, at the helm. Did he tweet that? Uh, he didn't no, tweet he that. didn't. He didn't tweet that. He's tweeted that stuff like that before, one, though. but. He could. So was the first part of that true? Was he at a party with Jennifer Lawrence? Not recently that I am aware, but I think <laughs> okay. he said I think he's name dropped her before. I don't know. He he he's all yeah. over the place with his tweets. So Yeah. Okay. Ryan, take us out. Yeah, uh finally time to do so. You can uh obviously stay in touch with us. You know all the ways to do so. We said it eons ago earlier on in this episode. I'll say it one more time. UAO the UMAC at gmail.com or at UAO the UMAC. We're tired, but we're going to regroup and we're going to get set for Sunday. Hope you are looking forward to championship matchups as well. And then we will uh, be back next time talking about who cut down the nets officially and who is going to represent the UMAC because it ain't over after this. I mean, for what we do, for the most part, it's over. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be sad. I'll probably shed a tear later on this weekend. But, but we'll be back. And we will talk about the path to whoever wins the UMAC for how they're going to make noise 
in the NCAA tournament. But the February frenzy is not over. We do not need to jump to March Madness. We still have just a little bit of fun to go in this month talking about the league that truly is unlike any other.